Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. And with us here as well, special guest, Grant Hakeem. He does. You may have seen him if you're if you're on the web uh, as an Islander fan, he does a lot of the game reactions to Islander games and a lot of different NHL games. How are you doing this afternoon, Grant, or this evening, Grant? <laughs> I'm doing well, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's a dream come true, and I've been listening to you guys for about a year and a half now, and it's just awesome to be with you guys here tonight. Let me just say something, don't Grant. Have to lie, Grant. Oh, by the way, all of Grant's information <laughs> is in the link in the description below. So his Twitter page, YouTube page, everywhere. It's all of his links are in, in the link in the description below. Grumpy. Is that the best buildup that you could give him? That was a pretty lame buildup. Who on me? Yeah, you. On my side. We've got oh hey, uh Grant, you know what he did. <laughs> you know, he does some reaction shows to some games. Hey Grant, how you doing? Hey, Grant, hey, this uh with us down here, we've got Grant. Uh, he does something like reactions to Islander games, Grump. Grumpy, you give him a hype up, Grumpy. I want to see the grumpy old man give a WWE promotion of Grant being on the show. Yeah, that's come on, what grumpy. I here's here's the thing. I here's the thing, Grant. Now, here's the thing. I oh, yeah. this is the first time I've ever spoken with Grant never before just two minutes before the show started the one thing I know is he had he's the first one who put up one of those little brief one minute clips of me just being myself talking about you know that failure Josh Bailey and the uh the banana split Brock Nelson and I I still have that seriously it's on my phone I save it all the time whenever I want to laugh I just look at that. I'm like, man, that grumpy old man is something else. And thanks to Grant, the great Grant, he has enabled me to show that to people all over the world. When he's walking his neighborhood, knocking from door to door, when he listens to other shows that he doesn't like very much, he's you go ahead and show them at the end, right? Grumpy is a little parting gift. No, that's not what I do. 
Well, Grumpy, I want to hear you give him an introduction, a proper introduction. I botched it, Grump. I want to hear the Grumpy Old Man's WWE promotion over here of Grant. I told you I've only known him for two minutes. I'll give you the promo at the end. I'd okay. get to know him a little bit. All I know so far, all I know of Grant so far is that he's a Minnesota Gopher fan. So, you know, it's not like. And a, New York, and a New York Islander fan, Grumpy. There's an interesting story behind that. I don't see any Islander stuff in his the, his background. I see <laughs> Gary the Gopher or whatever his name <laughs> it's is. Goldie. Goldie. Okay. I mean, see, now Minnesota, I'm just going to say, you got to call Goldie the Gopher. TJ, matter of fact, that's probably something that you would have named a Gopher if you had it. it or actually, we've been name. Gophy the Gopher. You Gophy the Gopher is probably I, accurate. I see the room is painted in, you know, like the red and the yellow of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Looks now like you Burgundy. Yeah, Burgundy. Okay. Yeah, right. be, <laughs> come on, you got to bleed Minnesota Gopher, Burgundy, and gold. Okay. Um, go ahead, now, now, are you a fan of the the football team, and uh, or are you a just full on Minnesota University, or just? Um, yeah, I just uh, grew up as a big Gopher hockey fan, and that's like the main sport that I watch. Okay. And that's where he actually he started. We'll talk about that here in a second. But before we begin this show, remember, if you're new, welcome. We invite you to stick around a while. This is a twice-a-week Islanders-based podcast that happens every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern <laughs> Standard Time. Sure. So if you're new to the show, we invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to like on Facebook to follow on Twitter, and to subscribe on YouTube. We also have a secondary channel. It can be found in the link in the description below or as a featured page on our YouTube channel called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That is in all sports podcasts. We talk MLB, NBA, NFL, college athletics, NHL, anything in European soccer. We talk anything and everything sports on that channel. That is Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure we implore you to go check that out. Give it a listen. The NFL is starting back up soon. You know, how could you how could you want to miss out on all that great action? It can be found in the link in the description below. Also, as a featured page on our YouTube channel called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Can you sit up, please? Why the why are you not? Why do you hate that I lean? You look like a freaking slug. <laughs> sit up straight. You would thought better. Oh, I was taught better. Yeah, look at that. My core muscles are so weak, Grumpy. I can't afford to sit up like this for five hours. I switch over. What can I say? Also on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show, we'll talk movies. We'll talk TV. We do fan fights. We do ice wars. Anything. Everything, everything goes. Oh, man. And we always pick on TJ's hairline. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, let, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit of Islanders hockey. Um, at least as of what we have seen as of recent. Um, again, Nazem Kadri looks to be the guy the Islanders are going to ink this summer. Um, I want to get Grant's opinion on it. We've been asking. We've been doing polls. I want to get your opinion on it, Grant. What do you think about adding a guy like Nazem Kadri does to the team? I don't like it. Plans. I just don't like it. I just don't see how he fits in our lineup because we're full of centers. Like, who's going to slot to the wing? Because I don't want Barzell on the wing because that's just stupid. I don't want Brock Nelson on the wing because he's been playing really well at center recently. Pajot can't play wing. And then Tzizekas is not going to play wing. So I just don't see how it is how it fits. So I just I don't like it. I saw online Grumpy. Uh, some people were, were throwing ideas out there of how we can make 
a Nazem Kadri signing work all the way around. Again, we will need cap space for what he's going to demand. He's not coming here on a sweetheart deal. Um, but I saw some people throwing out the idea that we're going to trade away John Gabriel Pajot. We're going to get some assets back, and our lines are just going to be, we're going to have somebody playing third-line center, um, i.e., I don't know. Maybe they had, I, I, I think in the article they said they'd have Kadri uh, or Brock Nelson playing on that third line but would play as many minutes. It would be one of those valuable third-line guys who plays all the special team units. It's nonsensical. It, honestly, why would you do something like that? I, I, so we're getting rid of one center who we pay $5 million a year for to bring in another center who's older. And, okay, let's be honest, Kadri's probably a better player than Pajot, but Pajot brings uh, – he can play in any situation. Kadri can as well, but, you know, so you're going to pay who knows how much, one and a half, two million million, $2 million more a year – for an extra four years when all is said and done, I just, I don't understand it. Again, it's a pan. It seems to me like it's just a panic move by Lou Lamarillo. Kind of like we brought in uh, Andrew Ladd when we lost Kyle Lockposo. There's a segue. And uh, Ron Nielsen in the Wayback Machine. Why are we talking Kyle Lockposo? Because the galloping gopher, Grant, that's how he got indoctrinated into the New York Islander lexicon. Tell us about it, Grant. That was amazing, Grumpy. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> so basically, so if I grew up in Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis, and my dad was a huge you know, gopher hockey fan, and he raised me as a big gopher hockey fan. And, you know, that was like my team. You know, I didn't follow any – NHL teams at all. I didn't follow the wild. I, it was the Gophers. Like I was ecstatic when they won. I cried when they got eliminated and their season was over. Like that was my team. And, you know, Kyle Oposo, he comes along onto the Gophers and he scored like this awesome goal between the legs goal. I don't know, TJ, if I send you the video, are you able to play that on here? Yeah. If you send it, right, I may be able yeah. to send you a line. Let me just, so I'll quick Google and yeah, I, I have it pulled up on here. I can just DM you. Yes. Here's, here's the thing what a lot of people don't realize. Now, Grant, I realize your dad was a fan, and, you know, that helps. But how did he become an Islander fan? Just like this, meeting a player, and all of a sudden, you're a fan for life. And I can't tell you there's a thousand, tens of thousands of stories just like that. And – that's what athletes need to really remember. You like when oh, you know, I have, don't have time for the fans or anything like that. Hockey players really aren't like that. They make such an impact on young children's lives, and I sometimes I think they forget that. And it's just nice and refreshing to hear a story like that, honestly. And Grant, uh, that helmet looked a little bit too big for you, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is the goal. Um, the Gophers were playing Mankato here, which is Minnesota State, which is a big rival game. And oh, um, between the legs goal there. Yeah, they'll show it on the replay. He did it between the legs goal. And I was about like seven or eight when I saw this. And I thought this was just like the coolest thing ever, you know. And so he obviously became one of my favorite players because of that goal. And then so I actually played, I played hockey my whole life personally. And so the next day, I think I had hockey practice the next day. And I did this move all the time in practice and to the point where my coaches were like, Grant, you got to stop doing that. That's just ridiculous. 
you got to do something else. <laughs> well, trying to imitate there. I mean, like that. I mean, like it's it's funny. And I think that and I kind of want to chime off of what Grump said, too. Man, oh, man, you talk about what creates an Islander fan and why we're all Islander fans. I'm one because Grump was a fan. It wasn't necessarily because the team was great. It wasn't, right? It wasn't like Grant's story is like, oh man, the team was fantastic. And then winning and having such a successful campaign made me an Islander fan. No, just as you had mentioned, it's the small things like that where players take the time to get to know you. They do something special like that and you become enamored with them. You become a fan for life. Mm -hmm. It's true. I mean, it's true. Like TJ became a Pittsburgh Panther fan how, why would that happen, TJ? Were you watching? Who was it? LaShawn McCoy? Yeah. Sean on, McCoy. ES, on an ESPN game where Pittsburgh, of course, lost. They lost, uh, yes. The Michigan uh, State. And it, I, I like the way they played. And I was like, I'm going to be a fan of that team. And he said, I could be LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, I don't well, know why you're bringing this up. That didn't, that didn't pan out. I'm just, I know. You tried. You tried. Anyway, so – you became an Islander fan and you cover a lot of the Islanders games. You do a lot of the live streams during the games. I mean, we've done that. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot to it. Tell me a little bit about your live streams, Grant. So, yeah, so I used to, I, my goal was to do like almost every single Islanders game, but I just got, it's just a lot and I'm in college and I have school and I work and I just couldn't put all the dedication to it. So I tried to do a wide variety of games. So I probably went live like twice a week for watch-alongs. And I tried to get an Islanders game there like once a week or so. Um, so you, yeah, do not, you do not just Islander games. You do a lot of different NHL games. You do one of the week, just a general NHL game and at least one Islander game a week. Yeah, that's like my goal with it. Yeah. TJ, you know what? You have the ability to make something exciting like Grant doing those games. Make it just sound so boring. Why is that? How have I made this sound boring? I just consider it your failure as a host, honestly. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Well, the reason I'm asking those questions, Grump, is because there are a lot of fans on this show who like to see us do the watch along. Grumpy, I don't, we've talked about it before. I don't know how many of these live streams of the games are going to be able to do this next year. Grump, let's be quite honest. That's all. Like, just as Grant mentioned, it's a lot. I, I'm not sure we can go back to doing the show six days. Oh, ago. so what you're doing is you. See, now it all's coming. I didn't know why Grant was coming. Like, Grant's coming. Okay, cool. Um, now I know what the whole thing's a setup for you to do less work during the regular season. <laughs> I see how that played out now. Bring on Grant. Say how tough it is. And Grant goes right along. Oh, that's very, very tough. And now TJ saying, well, we're not going to be able to do it next year. Good job. Nice job. Everyone knows say, the way you're all. Everyone knows the way you're just about. like that, Grumpy. I'm just saying he's a guy who does a lot of the watch-alongs. He covers a lot of Islanders action. He's knowledgeable on the team. I like them. Grump, I've tuned into his watch-alongs before. Again, like if I'm just watching a game casually, if we weren't covered, I tune in, Grump. I'm just really? saying others should too. Yes. Okay. Grumpy, I don't let you know everything I do. Come on now, Grump. Um, but but let, let, I guess let's bring this back a little bit more to Islanders at any offseason. I know it's been a relatively quiet one. Um, haven't had much news right over the last little bit, but it seems like everything points to Nazem Kadri. You mentioned you're not happy, you're not enthralled with Nazem Kadri joining the Islanders just because, you know, he's not a great fit. Um, let me ask you, Grant and, and Grumpy Old Man, a little bit about this. Not a fit. Do you agree, though, in the temporary, it will help the team? And what do you think about about the team's health? I think, right, I think both are separate. 
and I think that, you know, I, I think I kind of have feelings that the team is in a spot to where if we bring in a guy like Hodry, maybe it helps for this season. I just feel like it's going to be cat- a catastrophic blunder that we're all shaking our heads at going in the future. Um, I'll jump on that first. Here's the thing. And, you know, it's funny, your grant being negative when this was first, you know, out in the Twitter sphere, uh, most every Islander fan was against it. It didn't make any sense, right? And then all of a sudden, you hear the cartel. Oh, well, you know what? Maybe it's not a bad idea. Now you hear all the lemmings, all the fans, all the, you know, glad-hander fans that Lou can do no wrong. Oh, yeah, that's a good move. That's a good move. Here's the thing. If, as TJ espoused earlier, we're moving J.G. Pajot, I think that the improvement is marginal at best because you're really not improving the talent team. If you're moving a Josh Bailey off the team, okay, you're bringing Kadri for Bailey. That's an upgrade. And, yes, you would have to have probably a Brock Nelson slide over to a wing position, which I'm fine with, honestly. If he could play wing with Barzal, I'm fine with that. Uh, He could take face-offs. I mean, he's not a true center anyway. He's more of a winger, particularly the offensive zone. Maybe not defensively, but offensively he is. So, but that improves. Bailey, you know, is where he is, and Kadri's an improvement. But you're looking at Pajot might be here, Kadri might be here, but I just don't think that that it's that drastic a change where it's really going to move the needle hardly at all. Mm. I kind of want to hear what you got to think on that too, Grant. Yeah, I agree with Grumpy that like if you swap Kadri or sorry, if you swap Pajot out for Kadri, it's like it's like a one for one. Basically, it's not that much of an improvement. If you moved out like a Bailey, then yeah, that is an improvement. But like in the long term, it's just it's just terrible. It doesn't do anything like I think the window is, is closed. Like we could bring on anyone like we could have brought in Johnny Goudreau, honestly, to play with Barzell. And we're still not wanting to stay on the cup. Like the wow. team is just not good enough. The offensive group, like one player, like is not going to change this team to win us a Stanley Cup, in my opinion. Let me ask you a little bit about that. You said if we would have brought in Johnny Goudreau, and I think Johnny Goudreau yeah. is one of those playmaker type of players who kind of helps open up space in the offensive zone, who allows you to again they keep a little more offensive zone pressure as well. You don't think that would have been enough really to turn us into a team that wins a cup? Yeah, I don't think so. No, because everyone else is the average. Below average, even. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I, I mean, for, from my perspective, I don't think we're talking Stanley Cup. I mean, I wanted Goudreau because I feel he was young enough where he could be a building piece going forward. Of course, well, I guess I won't talk about it today since I talked about it last time. But, you know, if we would have oh gradually transitioned away from the veterans how to do that again huh (laughs) instead of resign them we wouldn't be in the shape we're in everything that's happened to this team is self-inflicted from lou lamarillo not from anyone else but lou lamarillo so when people get mad when the islanders you know are going to be one of the worst five teams in the league in the next couple of years or after the next couple of years just look as just look as far as the 85 year old general manager that you have or had if he's still around okay yeah i i think that i think a guy like goudreau would have seriously helped i'm not sure how far off and maybe this is i know i'm bouncing but maybe this is me being this is the peak of my optimism 
we're at a time period where pretty much we're set into what we have going into the season next year. And I'd get to a point like this. I feel a lot of fans do some much more than others, but you try to find a way to rationalize how your team could have a good season this year. It's why Buffalo Sabre fans for the last 10 years have been saying, this is a year we're finally going to look, things are going to finally start looking up the same thing with devil's fans, the same thing with every single fan base. Doesn't matter how good or bad your team is. Fans just do this at this point of time in the off season. Um, I, I'm starting to look at it a little bit like that. If I, I firmly believe if we would have brought in a guy like Johnny Goudreau and, and Romanoff, I, I think that makes us a team that guarantees playoffs, uh, a playoff spot. And knowing Lou Lamarillo would probably give up an arm and a leg uh, to go ahead and fortify a team with, you know, some middle six forward at the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, it's the team needs a good bit. I'm not saying that Kadri wouldn't be a step up. I think Kadri's a step up over Jean Gabriel Pajot, Grump. You said that you're not, a, you don't think he is. I think he's a significant step over Jean Gabriel Pajot. I think Jean Gabriel Pajot is on the tail end, unfortunately. Okay. Kadri's 32. And, you know, he's put up good, you know, last year he was great, right? I don't ever, yeah, don't expect last year to be the last year's the exception, not the rule for him. What's he career wise? Playing on a good Toronto team, offensive oriented. 55 games, 55 points a year, 60 a couple of years. Okay. Do you think he's going to be that here? No. What's Pajot scored? What did he score last year? 45, 48 points? No, he didn't score that many points, did he? I don't know. I'm asking. I mean, I made it close just to fit my narrative, honestly. I don't know how many really did score, (laughs) but it wouldn't surprise me. It was like 39. 39. Okay. He's usually a 40, 45 point a year guy. Okay. So, and if you got Kadri coming in a defensive system and he's scoring 50, 55, is it that much of a difference? It's not. I mean, Goudreau would have done that. I mean, I think if you bring in Goudreau with the addition of Romanoff, that makes us, I'm not going to say guaranteed a playoff spot, but pretty darn close. You don't think if we added, I, I really think that any improvement on the defensive end keeps us out of our defensive zone more often. And again, it allows us a guy like Romanoff allows us to have easier transitions out of our own zone into the attacking zone, which is going to help probably solve some of the miserable woes we had. Not all of them, but some of the woes we had I, on the offensive side of the puck. I think that if you added a guy like Goudreau, that's a guy you can expect. Hey, uh, on you know, pretty much a, the rule is for him almost a point a game. Maybe he wouldn't have a point a game here for the Islanders, depending on the system we ran. But paired up with a guy like Matt Barzal, I would expect a lot of scoring and a lot of danger from that line. I, I think that we would have been a shoe-in for a playoff spot and then maybe you know a, a run depending on how healthy the team is. The okay. Focus. I agree that we'd have more offense production, and we, everyone knows you were really negative on Romanov. Nicely come around to my way of thinking. Okay, okay, okay. I still believe it was an overpay. I'm still sticking with that, Grumpy. Okay. So here's the thing. And I think he will help in that regard. We were 16 points out of the playoffs. 16. I think Washington's going to be hurting. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. All I know is they had well over 100 points last year again. And, you know, until until Ovechkin's gone, I mean, they're still going to be pretty darn good. And what we keep forgetting is the core of this team are guys in their 30s. You're getting diminishing returns from them. So I mean I don't think it's a I don't think it was a guarantee we make the playoffs right now even if you bring in Kadri I have a hard time thinking he makes up 16 points he and Romanov make up 16 points in the standings and once again it's the style and we're going to see if Lane Lambert changes the style we don't know yet 
we're going to assume it's going to be basically Barry Trotz light, shall I say, um, with maybe incorporating some of the younger players. But again, who are you going to sit? We know we don't want to hurt the feelings of the guys in their 40s and 50s on this team, the guys in the beer league, the guys who are sitting around in the cul-de-sac all summer long because they're not in the playoffs. You know, we don't want to upset them because, hey, we're a tight-knit group, and we Playing are. street hockey, Grumpy, right? Yeah, right. I mean, and let's be honest. These guys are, you know, they are a tight-knit group. I mean, they all, I'm sure they all live in the same house, like in Big Love and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, I just don't know if Kadri's enough to put us over the top. Goudreau, possibly. Okay, let's also say you're adding a guy like Romanoff in, but you don't let's let's say to, let's say right now today, if we and I'll ask both of you guys this question, if we're in a situation where our only offseason moves, best case scenario, we add in a guy like Nazem Kadri at this point and Romanoff and Josh Bailey is the guy headed out the other direction. As of right now, is that a team that makes us a a playoff caliber team? Maybe for me, maybe an eighth seed. Maybe. Wow. Not beating Pittsburgh, not beating Carolina, not beating the Rangers. Forget about the Atlantic division. Atlantic tough. The Atlantic I mean, is unbelievably tough. And Boston is going to, even though I'm not a big fan of Jim Montgomery, getting Bergeron back, potentially getting Krejci back, that makes them a better team. They know how to win, too. You've got Buffalo, who I think is going to take a step forward. And the same thing with Detroit. I'm not sure if they're ready to be oh, playoff man. caliber teams. Damn Red Wings. It's in Detroit, Grumpy. I'm going to keep telling it until it comes into fruition. But, Grant, what, what do you think? Are we a playoff caliber team adding in Kadri, losing Josh Bailey, and adding in Romanoff? Does that make it enough for us to make the playoffs this upcoming year? I think at best it's in a seventh or eighth seed at best. And I, I honestly don't see us getting out of the first round if we do make it to the playoffs. I just, I just don't see it. And here's the thing: you listen, you know, I listen to uh, every once in a while, I'll put on YouTube, and I say, "Oh, Islanders getting caught." I say, "All right, I'll look at that little clickbait thing," and I put it on. And everyone talks about the Islanders, and they're like, "Are they really contenders?" And they're not. I mean, they're just not. And really, we haven't been, even though we made it to the semifinals. It was two years in a row. We weren't really contenders. There was no way we were beating Tampa Bay. No way. No way. Wow. I think I, I I'm gonna go a little bit, I'm gonna go a little bit different than you guys. I think that because when we look at this, I don't think we we secure one of the top three spots in this division. And I think the Atlantic, depending on how things unfold, they might you might see both seeds go to the Atlantic. I think we're looking at a wild card spot. This is assuming the team is healthy. There's a lot of assumptions here with that. I think that you know the positions of strength that we've mentioned on this show before, defense is definitely a position of strength, unbelievable strength from our defense, and goaltending is fantastic. Those are those are the spots that we have to really hope perform, you know, the way that they have in the past without taking a step backwards. I, I just am fearful about the forward group, as we've mentioned before. I think that. If you didn't make any adjustments, I'm not sure this is a playoff caliber team just adding Kadri and getting rid of Bailey. I really don't. I don't think Kadri is going to be a guy who puts up a point again. I don't think Kadri is going to be anywhere what he was last year with Colorado. I'm expecting him to be feisty. I'm expecting him to have grit. I'm expecting him to be one of those fan favorite types of players. I just do not expect that to be enough to put us over the edge. I am really fearful that Lane Lambert's going to have a similar style to Barry Trotz, a very similar style. And we might be looking at, again, I think personnel decision wise and handling individuals will be hopefully much better but this is a first time nhl head coach 
Okay. That's that's something I don't want to underestimate. Okay. He's been an assistant coach, a head assistant for what, 15, 16, 17 years. Little, I think that's a little bit overrated. You How think? did that paint out for Todd Reardon? I'm just saying. Did I, you see the haircut that Todd Reardon had? That should have told you all you needed to know about his potential as a head coach. It was never going to happen. He should have. He should have gone bald, right, Grumpy? He should have shaved he it all have off. Something else in what he did. There was. It was a. There were a thousand different hairstyles he could have used. He picked that one. I wouldn't trust him filling out a little league baseball lineup. So, Grumpy, what do we what do we rate my ability, Grumpy old man, to be an NHL head coach? Am I going to be up and up in the likes of Hall of Famer, Grump, or am I going to be out on my ass within a week? You're a marginal show host at best. Ah, oh, <laughs> don't shit. set your goals that high, please. You're just Grumpy. I was. Uh, come on, come on. Anyway, Grump, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. What were you talking, you were talking about? about you were saying you think it's overblown. Yes. That yes he's a first-time head coach. Yeah. Again, you know, you say that it's going to be a lot of the same things as Barry Trotz. Well, it is going to be like that because of the roster that we have. You, you're not going to be able to play running gun offense. We've talked about this before. You're not going to be able to say, hey, everybody, we're going to be rushing up the ice. It's not the skill set of this current group of players. If you could have had a good draw out here with a Bavillier, and a Barzell. Well, that line could certainly have done something like that just because of the talent and the speed and the athleticism, say it again, athleticism that they had. But then you look at guys like Nelson, who's going to take a step back. He's not going to shoot 22% again next year. Career, he's like, what, 12%? I'm so, expecting he takes a step forward, Grump. Okay, well, he'll take a step back. You got, you know, the totem pole next to him on that line. And then you got whatever they, whatever New Jersey devil that's masquerading at the other wing. I mean, you know, they're just older guys, and that's just not their skill set anymore. There's nothing wrong with that, but to expect them to play a different style, I would not expect that at all. Maybe a little bit of tweaks when some of the younger guys are in there, maybe more of an aggressive forecheck, but I just, like I said, I just don't see it. Mm. Sorry. Fair enough. Who do you expect? I mean, like, I, I know that we've talked about who's going to be traded, you know, going out the other direction. I kind of want to use that to, to, to transition into another question. Anthony Bavillier, I feel like he's one of those guys who on the Islanders, for the Islanders group and the section of Islander fans that are out there, you either love the guy and you think he's, you know, rife with potential, you got a soft spot for him, or you think Anthony Bavillier is one of those guys who, He's wildly inconsistent, and you're ready to give up on him. Grant, what's your opinion? And same with you, Grumpy. I mean, like, I, I want to know what you think. If 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 Bavillier has to be moving out, let's say he's the guy who's headed the other direction to free up the cap space for Kadri. What are your thoughts on that? Assuming you get something back in return for Bavillier. Yeah, that'd be. I'd feel really sad to see him go because I do have a soft spot, you know, for Bavillier. Um, and it would be very painful to move out such a young player for an older guy who is only going to be here short term. That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But Beauvillier, he's been very you know inconsistent um, over the years, kind of like Jordan Eberle was, but I think he's a bit worse than Eberle, obviously. But I thought, I think it was the final year with Doug Wade as coach, there was that line of uh, Barzell, Eberle, Beauvillier, right yes yep and he, that line was amazing that line was really good for us that year and the stat line was they played together as a unit and this was under doug Waite's system yeah over i think it was like a total of 37 or 38 games 
he had something like 22 or 23 points. Yeah. And that's where I think the fan base lies, whether you think he can replicate something that he had in that rookie year if he was put in the right situation. Because ever since Doug Waite's been gone, we've seen the Barry Trot style. I don't think necessarily a guy like Anthony Bavillier is tailor-made for that style. I mean, are, are, are you one of the guys who thinks that, hey, I'm riding on the fact that stylistic change, maybe Bavillier will still be inconsistent, but we'll see more flashes of that, you know, that Doug Waite, Anthony Bavillier. Are you one of the guys who... Yeah, well, I just think he he's just going to be wildly inconsistent for his career. Yeah, I think if we change the system to a more offensive system, you're going to see more consistency out of Beauvillier. But if we're just going to keep this like defense first system, then you might as well move him because he's not going to perform well for you because he's an offensive player. See, that's exactly. See, TJ, I can't believe you actually asked an intuitive, insightful question for once. I know, I'm getting like, fucking grilled over here as a host. <laughs> What's going on over here? Bro? That was a really good question. It was a good question because I was going to comment on it without you asking the question, and you beat me to the punch. That's why I was going to say, you know what? Maybe the reason why he's so inconsistent is because he was not a Barry, a Barry Trot style player. Yeah, very I mean, well. That's, could be. that's why I think you see a lot of teams wanting to trade for Anthony Bavillier because they feel they can get more out of him. Yes, he's inconsistent, but here's the thing. When you're defense first all the time, that is not his skill set. Never has been, never will be. I mean, and I think that hurts him. And maybe he's a guy who takes a, ne a next step jump under Lane Lambert. But they will have to tweak the system somewhat. Just, I, don't, I don't know if they're capable of doing it with this group. That's all. I don't feel like we're he's going to be a guy who ever elevates his game to be, oh, man, this this could be a guy who's putting up 60, 70 points a year. I think he's a middle six guy, you know, second liner on a team that maybe doesn't have a lot of depth, a third liner on a, a team that has unbelievable depth at that left wing position. I, I would like to say that I would expect more from him under a little bit of a new a new voice. Um, but yeah, you can say the same thing about Matt Barzal, too, re regarding point production and regarding what we could expect to see out of him offensively. I I just think that going into the season, there's a lot of question marks. And I feel like people have an people have a huge positive outlook on the question marks. Like Grumpy had mentioned, you think that first time head coach is being overblown a bit. I don't know. I think that the the criticism and 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 the the the, the questions that it, it that it comes with are apt and just. I think that I mean, we had mentioned before on the show, right? Young guys maybe are able to take a step forward. That's the best case scenario. Let's say the guys really don't take a step forward. Let's say they're kind of are what they are. And maybe we've overvalued the guys. That could also be the possibility. I don't want that to be the possibility, but it's, it's a possibility nonetheless. Okay. You've seen games right behind the Islander bench yeah. when they're playing Carolina. And who's the guy who does the talking to all the players? As the head coach, you're not doing any talking to the players anymore. As the head coach, you're more worried about on the ice adjustments that need to be made. You're How often do you see head coaches? Lane Lambert, as you were mentioning, I know the game you're talking about. When we went to the Carolina Hurricanes game, he was over there getting one-on-one -on -one coaching, kind of taking time aside as Dobson or whoever it was who just came off for the shift. I don't remember what who, who he was talking with, but he was taking that moment to do a lot of individual coaching on the on the ice or on the bench. He's not. He's, that's not going to be his role anymore. You're not doing that as the head coach. Um, it was not during the game. It was when they had intermissions and timeouts on the ice that he was talking to the players. It was never Trotz. It was always Lambert. And I think maybe that communication 
is what got him the job, honestly. I'm Barry Trotz got the job on rep, and Barry Trotz was good for this organization. Fantastic. But, but I think a d- different direction was needed, and I'm going to say it again. He's been Trotz's assistant for, what, 17 years? I mean, he knows what it takes. He's not. It's not like, okay, I've been, you know, I've been assistant coaching for two years in the league. He's been coaching a long, long time. I think Why he's has he never fun. gotten a job before then. Maybe he was happy just being an assistant. I know coach. a lot of assistant coaches who are happy never being a head coach. Said nobody ever. Assistant coaches don't like saying, "I want to be the assistant coach for my entire freaking career." That's I'm going to let you know. He he was interviewing for jobs in Anaheim two years ago. He always had aspirations to be a head coach. Why do you think that he's never gotten a sniff at a head coaching position until this year to play devil's advocate? I'm not Uh, trying to shit. Do not misconstrue this, Islander fans and listeners of the podcast. I'm not trying to shit on Lane Lambert as a head coach. I'm just trying to bring up there will be learning moments for him this year. How severe will those learning moments be as a head coach? So when we name this podcast today, is it going to be TJ takes a steaming dump on Lane Lambert? Because that's what it sounds like to me. TJ takes a strong stance against New Islander head coach Lane Lambert before game one of the NHL season. Maybe you could do something like that. See, again, steaming dump is better than all that what you just said. Uh, Yeah, I know what can I say. I'm not going to be in the title business of newspaper articles, Grump. Uh. Yeah. Long story short, I'm not concerned with him being a first-time head coach. I'm just not. Okay. He's been, like I said, he's been a top-level assistant for, I think, 17 years. That's a that's a long time. He doesn't look 55, 56 years old. He does not. He looks he's got younger. A, he, lo- he does. He looks a lot younger. The women love him. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sure. Grant, what do, what do you think? Are, are the... Are the he items. thinks the women love him too? Believe me. <laughs> well, besides that, right? They love their Maddie Martins. They love their Casey Sezikis. Oh, all yeah. the rugged-looking men's with the stubble. But let let's ask this. You know, uh, do you think the criticisms or the worries about Lane Lambert being a first-time head coach are those are those justified? Do you feel more confident, like Grump, that he's been 17 years in the league as a head assistant, or 17 years as an assistant, and many years as a head assistant under Barry Trotz? Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned because he's never been a head coach. It's different when if you're an assistant versus head coach. It's a completely different job, you know. So I don't know if he's gonna be able to do it as well. He definitely won't be able to do as well as Trotz, in my opinion. But I do think he will have more of the room because I do think the players like him more versus Trotz. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I, I have no idea what to expect out of him. Um, so I'm just hoping for the best with that. For me, the best thing that he could do going into the season is there are no assigned spots on this team. Exactly. Best players play. Josh Bailey, I'm looking at you. Right now, you're like an eighth <laughs> stringer on this team. Anders Lee, if you continue to play like that, I don't care if you're the captain or not. You're, your ass going to sit. That's what I would say. Best players play. And as long as you're seriously, as long as you're fair and when you judge the talent, it's not, well, you know, he'll be back to what he was. No, no. Get to be as good as, you know, player Jay over here who's never been with the team. He's a rookie. I don't care. The best players play. If you're not playing the best, you're going to be a healthy scratch. And you watch those lazy bastard veterans. And you saw it last year when he sat a couple of them. Man, they came out like their hair was on fire. Too much complacency in this organization. Not enough responsibility. 
If you bench some of the veterans, and I remember people saying, well, if you bench the veterans, well, that means that they're not going to play hard. Well, you really? You think so? I don't understand. I've never understood. That's now, like TJ, when we go to. You, you used to play, TJ. Did it motivate you uh, when, you know, you were just, if you ever got benched, did it motivate you or just say, oh, I'm just going to give up? Well, now? the school of thought they're coming from is if you don't bench the player, it shows that you've got faith in them. And that that faith is going to push them over that mountain into a new all-time high. It's going to pu push them over that little lull in the valley into a new high point at the top of the mountain, at the tippity top of the peak. It's just not maybe for a young guy that that's type that's the type of approach you need to take. Young guys sometimes are a little bit more fragile. They're not as confident with with their game. They're not as confident when it comes to their abilities. Right? Confidence is something that's very fickle for them. A vet shouldn't be as fickle when it comes to the confidence in their game. A guy who's been in the league for seven, eight years shouldn't be so fragile when it comes to that. You're a true professional at that point. A guy who's first year in the league or second year in the league, I understand it a little more. You know, that's something they have to grow out of. But, you know, <laughs> as a guy who's played many years now, the best way to motivate somebody is via ice time and situations they play in. Threaten the livelihood by saying you're not playing well enough. If you don't pick up your play, you will be riding the bench. So you don't subscribe to the Kevin Kurtz theory of, or the Arthur Staple or the Andrew Gross theory that we bench the younger guys to send a message to the veterans. You believe in the grumpy old man theory was if the old guys aren't playing, you sit them mm. and make them earn their spot back. That's what I believe. I've always believed that. When I was coaching, that's it. And I'd say, you know what? If you, as long as you're upfront and honest, and just say, "Dude, you're not getting it done. You have to, unless you can, I'm going to go with the younger kid. Period. He's got more upside and more future than you have. You're going to have to step your game up. And I mean, as long as you, I think as long as you're honest and upfront with them as professionals, they can say, you know what, Anders Lee. I'll never forget Anders Lee busting it up and down for about a week and a half. Before he, you know, magically re-injured his knee, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? He lost but, the confidence in the strength of his knee. Yeah. Hold on. You start off that statement, Grumpy, by saying you did this as a coach. Now, I'm going to go back to the analogs, Grumpy, of all the all the working experience we've had together. The only team I know you have coached is like a 9- and 10-year-old baseball team. Not true. Guess and what? I had a life before you came along. Believe uh, me. I, Grumpy, what type of team did you coach? Because you said you would tell them, if I don't start to see improvement, I'm going to go with the younger <laughs> The younger talent. I mean, like, what type of younger talent was this? Is this on the nine and ten year old baseball team when you saw a ten year old out there? It was like, oh man, looks like they're dogging it down there to the first baseline. I always went with the older kids in the nine and ten year old age group, just to let you know, because they're more physically mature. Whoa, don't be going for the vets in the nine and ten baseball group, huh? No, I, I, I I never put a kid in a situation where he couldn't succeed. I wouldn't do that. Parents wanted me to do that. Hey. Can you put Johnny at this position here? I'm like, Johnny can't catch the ball. Oh, he wants to be a catcher. I said, all right, it's in the very description of the term. Catch. If he can't catch, you're not going to get behind the plate for me. I said, I, and I said to him, I'll work with you after practice to work on certain things. But until you're ready, I wouldn't do it. I would never embarrass a kid like that. Adults, that's a totally different story. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good mantra to have. But seriously. You don't want to embarrass I, the kid. It's right. But if, you know, I was honest with parents. And this was even, you know, coaching higher levels. I was always honest with parents. As long as you're honest with parents and children, they might disagree, but they know that I'm not playing favorites. I never, ever played favorites, 
ever. Let me ask you. And there's reasons bit. why my teams won all the time. Grumpy, what was your record? Did all you, the time. A you never lose a game, zero. right? That's what it was. 10,000 to nothing, zero. 10,000 to zero. Undefeated. Nine and 10-year-old. We, we were always champion. good. We were always good. Let, let me let me ask you guys this too. You know, a lot of a lot of people have been looking of, you know, where can we get better? Where do players take a step forward? Oliver Wallstrom's a name that pops up there over and over and over again. Do you think a guy like Wallstrom can take the step forward here? You know, last year, I guess I made I would consider that the sophomore slump, perhaps. Last year wasn't a rookie year, it was his second year, I guess, in the league. Do you think a guy like Wallstrom could take the step forward and be exactly what we envisioned on him? Being a guy who can put up, you know, score goals first off in bunches and, you know, develop into a guy who's putting up sixty plus points a year while scoring goals. Do you think that's this do you think we see Oliver Wallstrom take a step forward in that direction? Um, okay, I'll talk tackle that first. Um, because Grant, I don't want you feeling left out. Just I was about to say, Grant, no, I can I can get rolling a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I just I think sixty points is a lot to ask from him. I don't think he got along with Trots either. You have to handle every. You have to know as a head coach what buttons to push on players, and I think that Trots all he knows is one button to push with the younger players, and it doesn't necessarily work. So. I think that having Lambert as a coach will help, but I'm not expecting him to have a 60-point season. No way. No, I, okay, okay, no. I said to develop into a 60. I'm not saying this year taking a step into developing into that player. I'm not saying he's going to go from what his point production was last year to 60 points this upcoming year. I'm just saying he's got to take step. You got to you got to crawl before you walk, before you run. I want to get him walking. Um, so, you know, in the future, he will be a guy who's putting up 60 points. I'm saying, do we start to see that step to where he shows signs of this guy can be a player at one point who will put up 60 points in the season? I'm going to take the weasel's answer out on here. Oh, it's shit. up to him. It's honestly up to uh, him. It's up to him. I mean, no, seriously. This is his second head coach now. Okay, didn't work with, with trots. It's like, okay, are you going to come in fully motivated, working hard all offseason? Uh you know, like turn the page. Are you willing to do that? I think that's on him. And we should be able to find out in training camp, honestly. What's your thought on that? What do you think about Oliver Wallstrom, Grant? What do you think he's going to do step forward-wise this year? Uh, I think if Lambert loosens up the defense for his system, then I think you'll see a bit more out of Wallstrom. But I think he just needs to play with more offensive players. If you stick him on the third line, I just don't, that's just not his spot. He's a top six player, in my opinion, and he should be playing with more talented players. People will try to say that. And again, there's no denying. What do you mean people? Well. What do you mean by people? Is it you? Not me, Grumpy. But people people we've had on the show. Phil's facts. Uh, it's more, hold on. Multiple, I said, I said, I said, Grumpy, multiple people. And again, it's not just one individual. They think. Again, I think so, too. He'll start off the year on the third line. He gelled well with Jean-Gabriel Pajot and uh, Zach Parise last year for that little portion. They'll also look at it and say he struggled on the first line with Matt Barzal. I do not believe you can hold him too accountable for his production over the 15-game span that he played at the tail end of the year where it looked like the life was zapped out of the team because we weren't making the playoffs. I, I think it's a little – I'd be hard done by to say I'm going to use that 15 games at the end of last year as a barometer as to whether he deserves a shot or a chance 
at top six minutes. And that's what I, I, I don't want to see that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed. He's probably going to start the year off on the third line, but that's a guy who shouldn't be sitting on the third line all year. If you know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? You don't know what I mean? I, you know, you went on so long as usual. I just zoned. You just did that shit. We didn't listen again, huh? Well, I was listening, and then you just, you know, I don't know. <sighs> so verbose. Oh, thanks, Grumpy. Um, well, let, let, let's move, let's move on there from Oliver Wallstrom. Then Grump, I, I think he does take a step forward this year. I think we start to see a, a little bit of improvement in his game. I think he's a guy who's going to play on the third line to start the year. I think he's a guy who could maybe work his way up the ladder. Um, biggest thing for him is is skating. What Grump? I do agree with Grant, though. I hate to do it since he's a guest. You know, I usually I try to have a divergent viewpoint from any of our guests, but I have to agree. And it's an issue that I've had for a lot of, with a lot of young players. You're taking them where their skill set should be and you're trying to turn them into something else. I hope that Lane Lambert is not the same thing as Barry Trotz. I hope he's an, the antithesis. Guys like Kiefer Bellows, he's a top six guy too. I mean, at this point, Zach Parise should never even sniff one of the top two lines. I don't care how good he's playing. Put him on the fourth line. I want to see if the young guys can develop moving forward. I don't care what Zach Parise does. He's 38 years old. I don't care. He plays he, well. He does a okay. good job for the role okay. he's in. All he is is a roadblock for developing younger talent. That's all he is at this stage. He scored 15 goals last year. Whoop-de-doo, we didn't make the playoffs. Who cares? 15 goals is a bottom six guys, not bad. I like that. Yeah, that's right. But I don't want to see him on the first line. He was playing first line, second line minutes last year. He that's was playing right. on the power play. He's playing on the penalty kill. He's 38 years old. If Zach Parise is your answer, you don't have any answers. Hmm. The young guys need to play more. And I think Lane Lambert will do that. I hope that the old fossil is actually saying, hey, you know what? Let's start transitioning these young guys. We got to get them in here. I hope he's not saying, don't worry, sit those young guys. We're going to try to trade for a whole bunch of more geezers at the deadline for one last run at a playoff spot. This is something we haven't talked about on the show, but I, I've been thinking about. Yes, Grumpy, so a new topic we're bringing up here today, too. Um, when in next season is the cutoff, or when do you start looking at players and say, oh, they haven't produced or they're still not producing even with a new system, a new coach, a new voice. And when do you start to worry about player production of some of these younger guys? You know, where's the cutoff? You know, some may say 20. I, I'm thinking personally, right, about a quarter of the way through the season. That's It's not, you know, a huge sample size. But if you still have guys struggling 20 games into the year, not taking those steps forward, and you still even have vets that are struggling, right? I think if a vet comes out the doors – in 20 games into the year, they're struggling. Point production's not there. Do not look at last year as an exception. That is that player's new norm. When do you start when do you start to think to yourself, okay, you know, because people have used every excuse in the books to, to try to explain and rationalize last year's lack of success. I'm trying to figure out from your standpoints, both you and Grant, um, you know, where do you start to say, oops. That what last year wasn't the exception. Last year's the norm. That's How many games into the season? Okay. If they had listened to me, 
They would have done that last year. So you wouldn't have this. You wouldn't have a, to go into the beginning of the season having the same indecision. I, hold on, hold on. I'm uh, saying we have a new coach. We might have a new system. We have a new voice in the room, right? They weren't going to fire trots last year midseason. I'm asking you. Why not? With the new coach, with the new system, ideally, hopefully, it's a little different than trots. I'm sure it will be. It's going to at least have a little Lane Lambert salt on it. But when do you start to say, oops, that guy's not producing? When When is that cutoff date for you? Remember, we had those dates for, oh, when it, when is it to say, oh, we're officially ruled out of the playoffs? We kind of had that as it developed. I mean, when are you looking next year and saying, I need to see production out of these players by this mark. Otherwise, I'm starting to worry. If if Oliver Walshman comes out the first 20 games and does jack shit, are you worried about his production as a player? Are you worried about his ceiling? Where is he playing? If he's back being a third-line player, getting 10, 11 minutes a night, what are you expecting from him? That's that's my whole thing is if you're giving guys legitimate shots like you should have when it was obvious you were make the playoffs last year, <laughs> you know, heard that one before. All right. But I I mean, do you think that really they're going to come out playing the younger guys to start the season? I don't. I think they're going to ride the same cast and crew, add in a cadre, subtract out a whoever, and then maybe a sprinkling of bellows every here and uh, every now and then that's it. I don't think the lineup's going to change much. I wonder how much Lane Lambert is even going to be able to put in the players he wants, or is this totally a Lou Lamarillo production? Holy shit. Wouldn't that be scary? His last year, potentially here. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be scary? So you don't, you're more of a, we got to play it by ear to see what positions players are put in before we can kind of give them that. If you if you come out to start the season and you're playing Wallstrom and Bavillier, let's say on a first line with Barzal, I think 25 games you should be able to see something. If they come out there and it's like, okay, they played 25 games. And here's the thing, not where he's getting benched halfway through the game, or you know, we're double shifting other guys or nothing like that. If you give him a legitimate shot rolling four lines, and let's and I'm just gonna like I said, just throw an example. Wallstrom and Bavillia on the first line. If you see no chemistry between them, then it's time to shake them up a little bit. If Wallstrom has, you know, two goals through 25 games, then you have to start questioning him or certainly putting him on another line. I think he'd benefit the most playing with Barzal in the long run, though. I think that's going to be in, and before I don't mean to cut your, your response off grant here, but before, you know, we get too much into that. I think a guy like Wallstrom best case scenario for him is he probably starts a year off on a third line playing power play minutes. So maybe he's playing 13 and a half, 14 minutes a night. I think that's reasonably a, a realistic expectation for a guy like that. But for, for players like Anthony Bavillier, right? If he starts off the year and we don't see great production out of him through the first 20, 25 games. I'm worried that, that's the guy that I can no longer see that Doug Waite, Anthony Bavillier, and I can no longer see the system impacted him. That's more what I'm talking about. Some of these items that we're optimistic on, how long, if we start off the season slow and sluggish, will you give it to say my optimism is completely gone? But I want to ask your opinion on that too, Grant. Well, I think my optimism on the team in general was gone after last season. Like, I think that's the new norm. What happened last season, I don't think it's going to get any much better this season. It might get a little bit better because I do think the whole COVID stuff played a little bit a part of it. Like, we probably got a bit more losses than wins because of that. So you might see a little bit of an uptick for this season. But honestly, I think 
it's over. I, this is it. I, I hate to say it because I do love this team so much, but I say it out of love that I just think it's over and we should just rebuild and get all the veterans out. That's kind of where I'm at, honestly. Yeah. And Grumpy Old Man says, I never bring on people that subscribe to Grumpy Old Man School of Thought. Here you go, Grumpy. Here's, here's Grant living in Minnesota with Goldie the Gopher behind him. And he ascribes to the grumpy old man philosophy of the old guys suck, move them out. Oh, if God. you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. They're not getting better. Guys in their 30s do not age like wine. They age like vinegar. That's what mm. happens. Some just the quick, easy pops like a WWE wrestler where it's like every single time you might go to a new area. If you're if you're wrestling there in Boston, uh, the Boston fans are the best fans in all the world. All the quick, easy pops that grumpy. Unless you're a bad guy says who'd live in this slimy area of the country. Boston sucks. <laughs> cheap pop, right? That's all oh, you need. The, the cheap pop. But I think reasonably about a quarter of the way through the season is when I start to ask a lot of questions. I hope players are put in positions to succeed. And, and again, I have no reason as of right now to assume Lane Lambert won't put players in positions to succeed. I have no idea what the system will be, but you know, I have you have to right now have optimism for that. I don't think we're going to take a step back in the system, but I think that Lane Lambert, do not expect Lane Lambert to be a better coach than Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz did have issues. I think Barry Trotz will be a better coach and is a better coach than Lane Lambert. I, yeah, okay, I'll go with that. But Barry Trotz had his issues too. I'm not saying he did. I mean, Lane Lambert's going to have his issues too. Nobody's nobody's impervious. Nobody's perfect, Crum. Is I'm going to tell you again. As long as he's, I mean, thing, I don't care. I mean, I'm not just talking about Wall Street. If Andrews Lee has you know five goals at the 25 game mark. Well, then it's time to say, you know what, Andersley, we're going to sit you every other game till you pick your game up. I just hope that he's that he doesn't fall into the Trots world and the Lamarill world and the world that honestly a lot of coaches do. They want to know what who's been there, done that. They trust those guys, and they're going to ride them till the wheels fall off. But I, I hope that as long as he's honest and upfront with the players and saying, if you're not playing well, you're going to sit. I mean. It's all on you. It's all on the players. I don't want to see Anders Lee floating up and down the ice, not playing any defense. All I'm doing is just standing in front of the net trying to deflect pucks, not going into corners anymore, not coming back helping on defense. And then we hold some of the young guys to account for stuff like that and never call out veterans. That's a problem. If I have no problem if you don't call anybody out, but if you want to call people out, you call everybody out not just the young guys. And that's something Trotz did. I hope that Lambert's not one of those guys. We're going to find out. Yeah, no. I, and again, like he'll have issues, right? I, you know, we don't know what they are. He'll have issues. Nobody's perfect, as I mentioned. But I kind of wanted to move this into another question I've got for both of you. We're now in a spot to where we are seven weeks away from the first game of NHL, the first NHL preseason game. We're six weeks away from reporting to camp or like like five and a half let's just say six to keep it clean we're about 42 days away from when teams report to camp we're about 49 days away from when our first preseason game is now we have talked about this almost in jest before i could not imagine ownership being enthralled with the fact that i'm sure season ticket sales are down and I'm sure sales sales to upcoming games are down because as of right now, 
it would look that just Alexander Romanoff is the only addition we've had. There haven't been a lot of room or, or reasons to be excited for an Islanders fan base. Do you? When do you think we hear that Nazem Kadri has signed a deal? And when do you think we trade away whatever member it is of the Islanders' current crew that we're trading away? Are you predicting this is something we're not going to find out until mm, the start of NHL preseason, the start of camp? When do you think we're going to find this information out? We're six weeks away, essentially, away from when they start camp, seven weeks from pre- NHL preseason games. I think as soon as the old man can figure out how to generate a press release, Ooh. Well, he's got to assemble the pigeons, Grump. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? This is a relatively new thing. I, I I hate when the media says, oh, he's been doing this forever. No, he hasn't. It's just been the last couple of years. It's all horse shit. Don't tell me that he's that he's waited till September or ever to make ro- uh, to make roster additions or announce of signings. That's bullshit, to be honest with you, right? So he's just done that the last couple of years. Why? Because he couldn't, because he wasn't proactive. If you have time, you use it. Remember that ridiculous line that he uses? Well, when you're, when you're over there, you have time and wanting to use it. Everybody else is signing players and going and winning Stanley Cups. What are you doing? Getting eliminated by the Tampa Bay Lightning because you can't score a goal in the playoff series no, against no. them. Or whenever we play a full season, not even making the playoffs. Go figure. Oh, come on, Grumpy. I can't let you do that. Don't don't diminish what they did those last two years. But maybe I ascribe to the Lou Lamarillo thought of if you have time, use it. And that's why I always run on TJ time. Maybe Lou just operates on Lou time, Grumpy. Yeah, whatever. Well, I, I want to ask you, Grant, when do you think we're going to hear something? You know, is this something we're not going to hear until, I don't know, the start of camp? Or, <laughs> or are we going to hear something soon? I'm not expecting anything to like the day before because I guess Lou Lamorello goes into hibernation in the summers when he should be like at the office working. Like he crawls into his little cave or I don't know where he lives and hibernates for three months and then comes back first day of training camp and then he does all the deals and does it there. Those deals are already signed. I don't know why he's even wasting his time. I, you know, it's like, come on, just throw the fans a bone. Do we have to see anything more about Coco, the service dog on ice skates? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, they, they try to draw up. I mean, think about that. Their pitch for people to buy season ticket tickets is we're going to buy 50,000 lottery tickets. Guys, buy the season tickets. Do you think that generate? Well, here's this is a write off for them. But do you think that generated? enough season tickets to where they said, oh, how many people do you think saw that and said, I was really on the fence whether I was going to buy Islander season tickets this year, but because they're purchasing 50,000 of those mega, mega millions lottery tickets, what are they grumpy? The mega millions? I don't know, but I didn't win. That's all I know. Yeah, somebody from Iowa did. But the the huge, it was up to like a billion dollars or something, over a billion dollars in, in the in the... <laughs> Uh, for the for the mega millions, do you, who do you? How many people realistically you think said, "Ooh, that puts me over the edge"? I've got a chance now. They're purchasing fifty thousand tickets. I'm going to buy in. I'm going to get my season tickets today. No one, not one person. Not I couldn't one. imagine that either. I could not imagine a single person went online and said, "I was really wavering on whether to buy season tickets this year." And you're purchasing fifty thousand of those mega millions. Really, really enticed me. I'm going to buy the tickets today. Okay, if you have enough money to buy season tickets. To the New York Islanders. You have enough money to go out and spend 20 bucks on lottery tickets. Mm. In my opinion. I mean, what were they going to do? Was Were all of the people going to share in that lottery if they won it? 
how are they going to do that? Or is it going to be Fredo Lamarillo who, oh no, this was the one we had for Fredo. He wins the, he wins the big lottery. <laughs> he, won the lottery. he won the lottery when Lou Lamarillo was awarded the general manager job. He, he secured job security for the next four or five years. Yeah. Thanks. What grump? I just, I don't know. I'm just afraid that Fredo is going to be the next GM. You keep worrying. I don't have any fears yeah. of that. Really? That's they trust Lou implicitly. We trust. What was what are the thing that uh, Lou we trust? In Lou we trust. I can't believe he even said that. I, I cannot believe as owner of the team he even said that. Well, my question is: Do you, you have to feel like ownership is pissed that they can't announce that? Hey, we've done so, our general managers done something to improve us over the offseason. Buy season tickets. This is why you should. It's like they can't announce it because the general manager won't let them. I feel like the owners have to be pissed at that, don't you? In Lou we trust. That's what he said. So whatever he does, whatever he says goes. Okay. Yeah, he won a Stanley Cup 20 years ago. That's good enough. Let's see if we could dig up Toe Blake or uh, Dick Irvin. See if we could dig them up. I just uh, I hate that. Who was, I guy, hate who was, who was uh, Sam Pollock, the GM of Montreal all those years when they win in cup after cup? Let's see if we could dig him up, put him in the GM spot. You know what's shitty? When you said Sam Pollock, I thought Jackson Pollock, the painter. <laughs> <laughs> um but really? you know yeah that's the only pollock i that's the first pollock i what always about kevin pollock the actor i don't know who that is a, he was uh he was in a few good men he was uh, uh lieutenant weinstein oh good gracious good gracious but i just i had gonna to say you lieutenant weinstein <laughs> like he, he just sat there the whole time why is he attacking lieutenant weinstein i don't know Oh man, I I just have to feel like ownership can't be too thrilled about that. I know they say, and I, I hate the rationale of in lieu we trust. It's almost like the cheap way to where a fan could say, I don't want to have to go ahead and support the moves or lack of moves that the general manager has made. Just look at those cups, and I trust that guy. I don't have to be able to conceptualize and be able to articulate why I support the guy. But in lieu we trust. Don't worry, in lieu we trust. I just think it's so lazy grant i have a question for you because i okay. ask this question often what has lou what have the islanders ever won under lou lamarillo absolutely nothing thank you very much <laughs> i feel like grant okay grumpy was so adam he's like i've never talked to grandpa for two minutes before this show started. <laughs> yeah we rehearsed that before it <laughs> i was about to say this sounds a lot grumpy this sounds like if i were to ask you these are like the the one-liners you set up for yourself to answer but now you're asking it to grant and grant just gives you the same answer grumpy i don't know what's going on maybe you've known grant longer than i have here's what I, I got a feel for the room I saw how Grant was. I see how it was going. I didn't know what questions to feed him. See, you're not capable of doing that. Now, I do want to say, Grant, pull up your little uh, your little jug there. Uh, I knew. As soon as I brought this out, I knew you were going to comment on yeah, it. Yeah, look at look yeah. at that. TJ, it's look nice at your Look at that. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. He just yeah. he, one step closer just needs to make sure it's not screwed on the top. No caps. I let it go the first time, but I saw it the second time I had to say something. Yeah, oh, it's no. a half gallon, so it's pretty big. Yeah. Well, do you have to are you able to go like a couple hours without going to the bathroom? Yeah, I can I can hold it for like two oh, okay. hours. Okay, so some people are capable of doing that. Okay. <laughs> oh, good gracious. Let's let's read the ad and let's start jumping into some comments here, guys. 
Uh, oops, it'd be good if I had the ad readily pulled up. Today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action from baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. There's a minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes in the description for additional details. Has that ad, has that ad changed at all recently? I don't know. It's a summer ad. Okay. So yeah, in other words, it hasn't changed because I can tell. I can tell something that you've, you know, done 40 or 50 times because it almost sounds legible, uh, you know, intelligible after you've done it like a hundred times. You mean articulate, but yes, Grumpy, we'll go with that. Yeah, Grumpy, I feel, Grumpy, you've been on the show with me every single time. Do you really not pay attention to what the ads are? I do not. <laughs> um, David S. saying, hello, what's up, David? How are you? Tony G. saying, I was hoping Phil would be on. I haven't slept well lately. Oh, man, he puts right to sleep. Uh, James is saying, Grump, the Yankees are pissing me off, especially lady, ladies' night game. What's lady night game, lady night's game? What is that? What I, Do they have ladies' night or something? I don't, I don't think so. Um, okay, why is he bringing it up then? I don't know, Grumpy. I don't it know. Must have maybe, maybe Friday night is ladies' night. I don't know. Lady nights. But yeah, James doesn't live there either. He lives in Pittsburgh. Oh, maybe he meant to say last night. Because I typed in Lady Night and and I only corrected it to last night. Oh, maybe last night's game. Last night's game. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It only took me typing in it. Last night's game when they lost to the, the Cardinals Grump. Okay. Well. Uh, that's probably what it was. Um and oh, they you're not gonna hit forever. You're not gonna hit forever. You're not gonna hit seven hundred home runs. Not gonna happen. Aaron Judge, baby. Aaron Judge Grump. Drew yeah. saying, What's up, boys? What's up, Drew? I always like the, the little picture of burning a John Tavares sweater. I, I know you do. Still butter <laughs> over departure. Oh, let me ask you that. What are your feelings, Grant, about yeah. the John Tavares? About how he left? I want to get your opinion on that. Grumpy always tries to gr- He always tries to always tries to mischaracterize how I feel about that. I want to get your opinion on it, Grant. You're a younger fan like I am. What's yeah. your opinion on how John Tavares left? So it was sad because, right, for my whole life, I've just it, it, the Islanders have been Tavares. Like it was Tavares's team. And so when he left, I was very sad and I was a little bit angry. But then like a day later, I like thought about it. And I was like, you know what? If I had the opportunity to go play, you know, for my hometown, my hometown team, I would do that. But I mean, it was kind of a shitty way how he said, oh, don't trade me. I want, you know, I want to stay. And then he leaves. But, you know, I don't hold it against him. And I, I respect John. He was a great captain for us. And he showed nothing but respect for the organization and just a really good guy. And I miss him. And I, I root for him in Toronto. I know I'm going to get heat for that. Wow, but I, I right still, there. I hope he does well. You know, I just, I just hope he does well. And for me, I don't blame him at all. Not at all. 
It was a total failure by Garth Snow. Hmm. TJ, on the other hand, he's still a little butthurt over it. I'm not <laughs> butthurt over it. Here's the thing. I'll say and it. Here once. we go. Just to show how not times. Just to show Grant how he's not butthurt, he's going to go on to prove how butthurt he is. <laughs> yeah, it's the offseason. What can I say? I, you know, th- I feel like every offseason, Grumpy, as you like to talk over same things every single time, I'm not upset he left. I'm upset that he freaking lied to us. He said he wanted to be here, wanted to play on Long Island. His wife's taking jobs in Toronto well before that time period. If you're freaking planning on going back to Toronto, don't say I plan on signing here. And our dumb, daft general manager says, well, okay, let's trust what he says. We're good to go. We don't have to worry about him going anywhere. And he goes ahead and leaves and walks for nothing. I would have had no problem if you said, I'm looking to leave. I would have been obviously upset a little bit as a fan, but at least we would have got some draft capital back in return. We talk about how barren our cupboards are with draft capital and prospects. Well, it's because a guy like that walks for free because he's not truthful and honest. I hope he mm, – don't get me started on that guy. Don't get me started on that guy, Grump. TJ, I have a little bit of ointment. I have a little bit of ointment that will help you on for that little hurt that you're having right now. Is that what it is, huh? A little bit yeah, of ointment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freaking John Thor. What's up, Drew Alley said, ready, who's ready to talk some Phil's facts? Oh man. Phil's, um, Phil's been Phil's been like just ridiculous lately, I heard. No, he hasn't. I That's what people are saying. He's saying Phil Kessel is the answer. Maybe just I didn't Ooh. see anything. I didn't see anything about Somebody Phil. Said that. Phil Kessel's not the answer. Maybe he mentioned Phil Kessel's okay for a one-year deal if you have to get rid of two. Ideally, we would want to get more, rid of more than one forward on this group this offseason. I mean, like, let's, if we were going through on Christmas morning, we didn't want to only get rid of Josh. There were other guys we could have moved out. Could you imagine on Christmas morning opening up a present and, oh, look. I want my Red Rider BB gun, Grumpy. That's what you're dreaming of. You're dreaming of Johnny Goudreau. You're dreaming of we're going to trade away guys like Varlamov. We're going to trade away a whole bunch of players so we can bring in Goudreau. We can bring in, we could, you know, we would have Romanov. We can bring in another fantastic offensive winger, Grumpy. And what does it look like on, on Christmas morning? Oh, thanks. I mean, you know, here's the thing. When I got a gig working and then you jump in and just <laughs> sabotage it, it doesn't work after that. Thank you. Just move on. Can I say something on Phil Castle? Please yeah. do. So Phil Castle, I loved him as a kid. Another Golden Gopher, right? I grew up watching him when I was a kid. The Galloping was, Gopher. Yeah, the Galloping Gopher. I, for selfish reasons, I'd love him on the Islanders, you know. But I mean, yeah, isn't that great of a fit? I think he's his career is tailing down. But I tell you what, I watched a video, or I remember um, in the playoffs when he was with Pittsburgh, he would chew out like Crosby and Malkin and all the stars if they weren't performing. So could you imagine him on the Islanders like just chewing out like Josh Bailey or Anders Lead on the bench and just whipping them into shape versus the coach doing it? I think that'd be a huge help, honestly. I maybe am a little bit. I might be sold on Phil Kessel now. He is a bit of a hothead, though. That's the kind of the negative. He's known for being a hothead in the locker room. But other than that, I think it'd be all right. Go ahead, TJ. Response. No <laughs> response from you, Grumpy. I'm sorry I ran over your no, joke. I, 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 I agree. I got excited, Grumpy. I got excited like a little kid getting at the candy shop. I got excited and I ran over your Christmas morning story. I'm I can't sorry. get over the fact that you ruined my Christmas morning I fucked morning it up. Story. What can I say? I'm sorry. I, I mean, apologize. It was right there. It was I, I got excited. It was teed up. I started talking about you. Once again, you bogarted the conversation, and you just ruined it. 
you TJ'd it. Often like the time, just like the time we went to get the Mike Piazza autograph. Oh my Grant, God. Have you Back heard the story shit. about the Mike Piazza autograph? I have not. I had, a, I have two sons, TJ and a really cute younger son. Mm-hmm. And you know, TJ, his favorite baseball player was Mike Piazza. So I'm like, okay. I, Mike Piazza notorious for not signing before games. We got there. Gosh, I don't know. As soon as the gates open, we were there and we talked with some of the uh, guys, you know, some of the guys who worked the fields, like stand right here. Sometimes he'll come, he'll come over, put the little kid up there. I'm like, Nick, go over there. And he was, you know, so cool. He's like, Mr. Piazza. And I said to TJ, I'm like, TJ, just keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. Nick was so cute when he was younger that he'd say, Mr. Piazza, Mr. Piazza, can I please have your autograph? You know, with that little squeaky voice. I think he was, gosh, I don't even know how, I don't know what year that was. But here's the thing, it was so long ago. I mean, he was young. He was like four, maybe five. Yeah, so I was like six or seven. No, you were eight. You're three years older than he is. Thanks. So thanks for being able to add. He's so three or four. He wasn't three or four once again. I said he's four or five. So okay. you're like eight. So don't bogart my story again, please. So Piazza is <laughs> coming over to sign. He's coming over. And then TJ goes, Piazza! Piazza! <laughs> Boom. Man, he stuck He stuck his foot in the, gra- in the grass and shot the other way. I'm like, God, come on, TJ. How were you expecting? Couldn't that? hold your water. Couldn't How hold your water. Seven or eight years old, and I was seeing my childhood favorite player. What did you expect me to do? When this I, was okay, mind you. This was before times of like eBay or where you can go buy. It wasn't like we we didn't live in New York, so we would travel up there. It was the one time. It wasn't like okay, we saw a lot of Mike Piazza sign baseball hats or baseballs when we were in North Carolina, Grump. So it was like, oh man, I can get myself a Mike Piazza signed baseball hat. Oh, this is gonna be so awesome. That's why when I said to you, TJ, keep your mouth shut. Nick's going to get your ball signed. Just couldn't couldn't hold your water. Couldn't do it. Little brain could not process the information for that was fed to him. For you to expect a seven or eight-year-old to say, oh, this is my childhood favorite player. He's not going to get excited when he sees him walking over there. I think you're ridiculous, Grum. You're the same guy who ate who doesn't like a BK triple stacker because he doesn't like the stacker sauce. Oh and he'll eat three God. quarters of the damn sandwich before he be re- Hey, wait, I don't like this. has a stacker sauce on it. Three quarters? One bite wasn't enough for you? No. I need to bogart another conversation. Next yeah. time you get All right. Right. Next <laughs> comment. To the comments, please. <laughs> James S. saying, Grumpy, I don't think Jermaine um, is... German. Nice. German, not Jermaine. <laughs> I, thought that it was just, I thought his name was Jermaine, no? That's German. Oh, my God. I don't think German... Is the answer pitching, Grump? I still think he's struggling from – I mean, he just came back from arm injury. I don't think he's there yet. I don't know if he will be for the rest of the year. I think what they're hoping is he can give him some solid uh, innings and in relief come playoff time. And Frank said this, and I can't, we kind of did a blow-by. Grant, I assume you're in You're in the camp of fire Lou Lamarillo as a general manager, aren't you? I or would don't say- renew his contract at the end of this year. Yeah, I wouldn't renew it at the end of this year. I give him, like, this year just this- – kind of see what happens but i'm assuming nothing's going to change so then i'd not resign him and get someone else get someone young who knows the new style of the nhl now honestly who would you look for grant if you were looking at uh, i don't know is that my hand of grant's back 
<laughs> I know. It's like I know you guys had to have talked or something like this. Uh, you and Grant exchanged telephone numbers ahead of time. It's a surprise <laughs> at the end of the show. Who would you be looking for and interested, right? Let's talk about like let's let's do a little bit of dreaming. Who are you looking for next year if 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 Lou Lamarillo is not re-signed back as a general manager? Just you could speak broadly. You, you mentioned that I want to go ahead and get a guy who's accustomed to the new style of the NHL. What yeah. do you mean? By that? Just I don't know because the NHL it's going towards more offense. The rules are changing to provide more offense, and the whole I'm going to play defense the whole game and maybe nick a goal or two to win one nothing or two nothing. It's just not the way it's going right now. So having just I don't know doesn't have. I'm not ageist here. I'm not trying to say an older general manager can't. They all but suck. Unless it was me. Especially if Grumpy was a general manager. Oh, oh yeah. Just I just someone who's more accustomed to the style that um the NHL is going, you know, like I don't know, like Colorado, like kind of what they're doing, or a Tampa Bay one of the I know Grumpy I've has said this, one of the Tampa Bay assistant GMs wanna come <laughs> over. That I'd be hey, fine with that. I'd agree to. I mean, like that. I don't think anybody would be if you if you saw that as an opportunity and we were to hire a new general manager. I don't think anybody'd be upset with something like that. And I agree with Grant. It does age doesn't mean anything. It's mentality, thought process. That's the most yes. important thing. But most of the old guys are set in their ways. They're not Renaissance men such as myself and people uh. wild, you know who are capable to evolve with the times uh. to a certain extent. Scott L saying, Hey guys, what's up, Scott? Grump. Last 37 games, guess what the Yankees' record is going to be? 30. No, what the record is, not what it's going to be. I'm going to say, I don't know, 27 and 10. I don't know. I don't know. They've got like 30 something losses on a year. Doug R saying, Hey, boys, what's up, Doug? How are you? TJ, are we on time today? Nope. We we're close. No, it was no, a lot better than what it used to be. I remember oh, it would start. Wow. I remember it would start at like 730. So I was kind of expecting like a 730 start today, but it was pretty close. So I was impressed, TJ. Oh, that's <laughs> it's it's accurate. That's all I know. <laughs> Bob's on the stand saying, say hey, let's go, Mets. Say hey, let's go, Mets. Scherzer's um, having a good day. Eleven strikeouts of the Braves in seven innings. Um, Frank K said, I'm so scared of the term and the money with Kadri. We kind of have joked around as to what would what what would make us happy with term and, and, and money, uh, term and AAV. Both we said were not possible. I mean, like how terrified. What is your worst case scenario on that grant? What is the what is the nightmare fuel you have with how long he'll be signed and how much money he'll absorb? I think anything over like four years for like six million is I wouldn't do that. Like I, I'm looking for like two to three years for under five million. About it, that's what I would do. But that would never happen. I was about to say it never. <laughs> what What do you think? Worst case scenario. What do you think? What realistically do you think Lou will sign him to? Probably four for like six, six and a half or something like that. Oh, I think Grant, that is it, You think it's gonna be more? I think that's a sweetheart deal. I, don't I think, think you're gonna. I, be, I think you're gonna be waking up very upset when you see that deal done. <laughs> I, I don't i'd never give him more i uh, right what have i been saying right three years tops four years i mean four. four years okay then he's gonna be 36 his game's not gonna age well correct and it's like okay let's say you give him four i think he's gonna give him five or six years at seven million per i think it's oh. gonna be, i think it's gonna be brutal i just wait well you have to cut salary to get him and uh, no you have a you have almost 12 million dollars Unless you wildly, once again, wildly overpay for some 
over-the-hill veteran. Ah, man, he just keeps on doing the same things year after year. It's just frustrating. As an Islander fan, it just it's infuriating. Nicole put it in my mind that we could see six years at eight million per, and I was like, "Holy shit, that does seem like it's, a." I, it, there's no way it's eight million. No way. No way. There's no way they pay him more than they pay the stiff and Matt Barzal. No Do way. you okay? Do you seriously think, as an agent, Kadri's agent, he's going to say, "Oh yeah, we just had you know the, the production of our year. We just won a Stanley Cup. I performed throughout the playoffs." He's going to want big money. I think he might get maybe he might make more than could you imagine making more than Anders Lee or Matt Barzal? Holy shit. Oof. You talk about a hideous contract. I, I, yeah, it's too much. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be too long for too much money. Brian J with breaking news says Lou has signed Alexi Ashen on a one year deal. Oh, wouldn't that be something? With a full no no move clause. Oh, dude, that's what we were also worried and concerned about. How many years of a no trade clause do you think he's gonna be given Kadri? Oof, how disgusting is that gonna be? Um, Jason C says grump for general manager. Oh man. Uh, James F saying now the Yankees can't hit off of Montgomery. What the freak? He's a junk baller. Brian J said junk ballers give problems to big swingers. Brian J says, uh, the grump makes this show. Sorry, TJ. And Brett W says, I second this. That may be to the comment that grump makes a show or maybe for grump for president, maybe grump for GM. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, Grumpy. Uh, Duel <laughs> saying Kadri is a panic move by Lou to save his own ass. I don't even think it's to save his own behind. I don't. I mean, if they really wanted Gaudreau, they should have let it be not, we're going to offer you $10 million a year or whatever. Is he worth that? Probably not. But he was the best player they could have had. To me, Kadri just he, grants 100%. He's not a fit. That's the biggest issue. He's not a fit. There's, you have to move too many old guys. Input. What's the one thing that old people hate? Change, right? They hate change. I know. I'm old. I hate change. So, but it's the truth, right? And as you're an older player, do you think they want to be changing positions? They don't. Not. I mean, if Bailey was a center, it's easy because you know he's a cuck, so they could move him, you know, from any position to somewhere else. Okay, I'll do it. You know, just make sure his mom brings him the sippy cup. Oh man, we forgot. I forgot to mention this at the beginning, Grumpy. Um, we do have Coach Tommy B on next Wednesday, and we've got Greg Prado on on Saturday. I'm gonna crack open the book this weekend, Grumpy. I know you're almost done with it. We're gonna be talking about his book about the dynasty era and the dynasty. Yeah, I enjoy. I enjoyed it. It's great. And he's written quite a few other things, just to let you know, TJ. So you better figure that out too. Dude, I don't want you going up there like with your thumb up your butt because you, you see know, how I read comments. You see how I read comments, Grumpy. I'm gonna need somebody to read this to me. Yeah. I can maybe sit there. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but uh, yes, um, Chris Christmas saying exactly 100% Grant. They needed a winger, not a center. True. Just when you talk about it from the optics standpoint, we sign a center, and I love how people now say, "Oh, he was the best free agent out there." Nazem Kadri. I'm like, no. He was not the best free agent. He was definitely in the tier. I think he was a tier two guy, an upper tier two guy. I don't put him on the same tier as Johnny Goudreau. Philip Forsberg didn't make it to free agency, but if he did, he'd be a tier above Nazem Kadri. I think Kadri's a really high tier two guy this offseason. He's thirty. He's going to be 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Those guys should not be getting five, six-year contracts. I'm sorry. And he's not been that great. He had a great year. He was really good last year, once again, in the last year of a contract. I and I think the only reason we're even considering is because Lou liked them in Toronto. Yikes. 
make sure worry. He was indisposable. State of Survival said, if Condry is coming, then somebody else is going to be shipped out for a winger. Ooh, what do you think about something like that, Grumpy? If Kadri comes, maybe we're also making a trade for a winger. I'll let Grant touch on that first because I, I feel bad that I'm bo- uh, that I'm you know you're asking me all these questions. I want our guests to have a little bit of airtime too. I do too, Grumpy. I'm just saying, <laughs> just reading the comments. No, you're good, guys. It's all it's all good. Um, so is the question if we bring Kadri and then make a trade to get another winger? I guess. I guess that's what okay. that's maybe what they're thinking. He thinks we're going to make a few moves. Do you think it's even a possibility of us signing Kadri then adding a winger? I mean, I guess, but I mean, who is really out there left? I don't think there's a whole lot of talent out there besides like a full castle or something like that. <laughs> Sonny Milano is a name people keep throwing around. Sonny oh. Milano is available, guys. Yeah. He's a Long Island boy. Yeah. Okay. Here's the way I look at it. If you bring in Kadri, that means you're going to have 15 wingers under contract or 15 forwards under contract. Only 12 play. That's three too many or two too many, right? You're going to have some that are healthy scratch, but yes. Okay. Your bottom four, your bottom pairing guy, Johnston, Martin, whatever, they are interchangeable. But you have too many forwards under long-term deals. They're going to have to move somebody out Otherwise, you're going to have three guys sitting on their butts every single game. Is that the way? Is that really the smart way? I don't think they'd make another trade to bring in a winger. They want to move guys off, so all these guys under contract are going to get to play. That's what I think. That's what I think they have to move guys out for. Frank Hay here says Kadri has Lad and Komarov written all over it. He's going to suck. I think the tail end definitely has a Lad and Komarov feel to it. A guy that takes up way too much cap space for what he brings back in return. But that's, I feel like that's how most unrestricted free agents work. If you sign an unrestricted free agent, you know, the first few years are palatable. You're going to overpay for them in early years, too. But the tail end of those contracts can be really, really, really atrocious. You know how you stop that? You develop your own, you develop your own talent and let them walk when they're in their 30s. That's how you do it. You cultivate the younger players. Novel approach. Somebody should try it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tampa does it. Colorado does it. Florida does. A lot of those teams do it. Where are they? Oh, the top of the standings. Okay. If you look at the majority of this Islanders team, a lot of them are Garth Snow draft picks. Yeah, 12, 13 years ago. Well, I'm just saying a lot of these guys are Garth Snow draft picks. That's why when people say Lou did a great job assembling this team. Uh, What? This is pretty much a Garth Snow team. We Islanders assemble. I was about to say, Gar Snow, he drafted Sorokin, right? I, I think that I give him probably 50% credit for Lou Lamarillo enticing Sorokin to come over here. But if you look at the defensive group, Pelik and Pulak, those are Garth Snow guys. You look at, well, now, I mean, even Robin Sala was drafted by Garth Snow, too, I believe. He was a Garth Snow guy. Scott Mayfield was a Garth Snow guy. Dobson was like 11 days. I'm under 11 that's Garth, days. That's a Garth Snow guy. Garth Snow scouting staff guy. Or maybe just a wash. I mean, no, it's not at, a wash. It's okay. not a wash. I mean, they even look at the forward group. A lot of Garth Snow guys. The Anders Lees, <laughs> Matt Barzals, the Josh Baileys. The, well, maybe I should stop because <laughs> the forward group is pretty atrocious. But a lot of the forward group are Garth Snow guys, too. Um Joel saying, yeah, German, only guy who can give up uh, give up a run in three innings and throw 70 pitches. This guy sucks. Sounds like yeah. he's struggling with his command at this point in time. 
uh, Doug R says, Condry at best is a second line center. True. That's, You're going to pay him like a first line center, though. That's what bothers me. You're going to pay him exactly. You're going to pay him like a first line center, and a guy's a middle six guy. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God Glaber Torres just hosed Gorman. Um, Nick M saying Sonny Milano is coming back home. What do you guys think about the opportunity or the possibility of Sonny Milano? Congratulations, Nick, on that cute little baby. Man, that's a man. That's a that's, that's a really a, that's a newborn for certain. He's got some dog next to him. That's a brand new newborn right there, Grumpy. Yeah, very young, very young. Um, again, Sonny Milano, what's he, a third liner? Uh, aren't we filled with those guys? Why do we need more third liners on this team? And what's, what's your take on that too, Grant? Yeah, I mean, if I was building a team and I was transitioning the team into more offensive style, then I wouldn't mind bringing on Sonny Milano because his he has insane hands. Like, he can, like, create and dangle through guys and, like – I would love to have a guy like that on my team who can stick handle really well. Um, but for this team, as it's currently constructed, adding him would just be like ridiculous. Cause you're just going to shackle Sonny Milano into like a grinder type player, which he's not, he's a creative, more offensive type player. I think, I think if we weren't loaded, just like, as you mentioned, loaded with so many bottom six guys, you, you could bring in a guy like Sonny Milano and he'd be a valuable piece. He'd have an actual role in a niche here, but it's just like you're fighting for table scraps amongst so many players that have that similar, that similar projectability on this team. We just kind of like, yeah, is that really the thing that moves the needle in the right direction? Maybe a bit, but I'm not expecting him to come here and just take a huge step forward in his career. Who sits? Who sits too? Who, right? I mean, I, I, again, you got to move forwards out before you can bring other ones in. They're all under contract. I think. This, I think the speculation is him. Anybody who sits around and hasn't been signed this late into the free agency period just starts to automatically their their links and the uh, the 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 rumor mills around that player going to the Islanders just continues to increase and increase just because of the way that Lou Lamarillo has been operating over the last few years. I think that's why a guy like Sonny Milano has at least like the rumors have grown around him quite a bit. It's just because he's unsigned at the moment. He's from originally Long Island, and you've got a guy you know who. Okay, you put two and two together, he might be coming home. I don't know. Um, and I, I wouldn't be upset depending on what type of contract is signed, but I just it's it's unfortunate unless you move off a lot of players, that guy doesn't have a big <laughs> the role that he needs. Um, Chris Smith says, I don't even think it's a panic move. It seems like Lou is intentionally ruining the team. Maybe he's got dementia. Okay. Let's say that he's trying to intentionally ruin the team. Well, then I don't think he has dementia. Now, if he thinks he's doing the right thing and he's running into the ground, then he could have dementia. I just so, think he's out of touch. I just think that he thinks it's 1990. And, uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is at this point. I He overpays for everybody he brings in. He doesn't get equal value on guys he moves out. He moves the wrong guys out and keeps the wrong older players. I mean, anything that can go wrong, he's done. The best thing he did was hire, hire trots. That's it. Everything else has been, at best, a stay the same move. Do you think that it's just because he's stuck in the mud and he thinks, I, I, I firmly believe that he thinks he can make one last hurrah in having a team uh, constructed like the old style back in the 90s in the very early 2000s win a cup, even though it seems like it's an insurmountable mountain to climb at this point. 
Do we have I any, wonder? I, well, go ahead, Graham. Do we have any Patrick Elias's on this team? No. I mean, no, we don't. I mean, the Devils. Okay, they weren't loaded with offense, but everybody contributed. Two Hall of Fame defensemen. Yeah, I'm talking about offensive talent. I mean, I, I think we have. I, I think our defense is pretty good right now. Yeah, we you don't had have Niedermeyer and Niedermeyer, and yeah. we don't have a Marty Brodeur in that. But I'm saying they had Elias. They had, you know, Breland wasn't great, but Zella Pukin. I mean, they had a lot of guys. Bobby Holik was really good as a two-way center. I mean, they were really well put together, and they had the rock and goal and a solid defense. I just don't think, like Grant mentioned earlier, that doesn't get it done in today's NHL. It's a with the way the rules are changed, you can't clutch and grab anymore. Physicality's been eliminated from the game. Smaller, more skilled players are getting run. Why? Because the NHL wants to see more scoring. That's what it comes down to. They want to be able to market themselves to a bigger audience. How do you do that? Don't have the games be one nothing or two to one. We love five to four games or six to five games. They're exciting. They're the back best ones forth, in the back and forth. Yeah. That's that's what the NHL wants. And they're going to do whatever it takes to augment the rules to make sure that there's more scoring. They want to survive in today's marketplace. I mean, mm. it's just that plain and simple. Even Jamie Langebrenner. He was a good player. Yeah, Jamie Langebrenner was really good. He was. Scott Gomez for a few of those years Scott was a Gomez solid was, player, yeah. too. I'm I mean, before that contract up. was yikes bad. <laughs> Joe, how long did Joe Newmandyke play for the Devils again? Um, not a long time. Not a long. He was mostly uh, Calgary and Dallas for the most of his career. But he would, yeah, he was there for a year. I'm talking about even further back, like in '94, '99, whatever years they won the Cup in the '90s. I think you're looking at 2003 team. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at 03 team. You even see Brian Gianta as a young player like that too. Yeah. Like, do we have anybody? Aspect. Do we have anybody as good as Brian Gianta on this team? No. I'd say no. No. Yeah. Mm. Salary cap. I think the reason why Lou's not as successful now is I don't think he handles the salary cap well. I just I think that it's just it's it's something it's like uh, you know trying to him get on the line you know from like the internship. What? Hey, yeah, you know I want to get on the line. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. I oh, watched that. Oh yeah. It's like what's you know, on the line? Yeah. They said I love that movie. I want to get online. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, get on the line. Oh, yeah, get on the line. Talking about the internet. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Robert G uh, says. Pajot on the penalty kill on the power play. He's a versatile player. A no to that trading away Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Bailey must go. Bavillier, maybe. For me, Bailey must go. Bavillier, I, I'm not a – if you don't think Bavillier is the answer, then move him out. If you don't think Pajot has what it takes anymore – what's he's 30 years old now, playing that style for all those years, then move him out too. I don't have a problem with that. But you don't want to be bringing in guys who are in their 30s to replace them. It's just that's just dumb. It's just dumb. Tony Chi saying TJ's trying to pawn us off on the grant. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying if you like watching the games online, he does a lot of the the, the game coverage, so it's a good channel to check out. Um, and uh, is this is a YouTube just, channel, yep. and we are betrayed. Was that grumpy? Is this is this a YouTube channel, Grant, or is it? It's it's Twitter it's, or. Yeah, it's my own YouTube channel called okay. the Grant Grant Hakeem channel. Very the Grant Hakeem name. channel. See, <laughs> that's what TJ should have said at the top. Hey, here's Grant Hakeem from the Grant. What was it called again? I'm Grant sorry. Hakeem channel. The Grant Hakeem channel. There you go, boy. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah. See, I had it. I've got it in the link. I've got it in the link in description below, Grumpy. I know you struggle with that thing. The concept of the link in description below. <laughs> I do. I never see just it. Say, I Fantastic. See it. I can click on that little drop down and just click the blue hyperlink and it takes me right I to it. I just want you to give him some run. That's all. Grumpy. Particularly, particularly since he's been agreeing with me tonight. Oh, yeah, that's you know. now that he's been agreeing with you, Grumpy, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's um, funny? When I first listened to this podcast, I think I got into it when, when the Islanders were in the bubble. And I think it was after one of the Tampa games, like game four or game five or whatever. And I listened to Grumpy for the first time. And I was like, man, this guy's like such a Debbie Downer on the team. Like we were in the Eastern Conference finals. Like we're doing pretty well. But then, like, as, like, the, the season ended and then the next season came along, I was like, Grumpy's, like, kind of right. Like, it makes sense. Like, his way of thinking completely makes sense. That, that's it. I mean, his, oh, yeah. it's not like I'm... He affects positive fans into negativity. That's where <laughs> Grumpy lives. That's where he he's, his swell festers. Yeah. But it's not his thing. I love to bring people over to the dark, dark side, but it's not like I'm wrong. I just see things, like I say, Grant, I say I am the curve. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll <laughs> include TJ in there too. I just, you can tell, here's the thing, when you're older, you see a lot of things from a lot of years. So, you know, I've seen this before. I've seen this transformation. That's why reading uh, Greg Prado's book, I'm like, holy crap. I, it just, it brings back from when I was a kid and how that team was built. And I'm like, this is how we should be doing it. You look at the teams who are doing that now. And you you know why they're successful, and I just wish the Islanders would go back to that way. That's all. Oh, all we wanted success for our team. Brian just says, just don't bring on that Phil's facts guy. Is a space cadet. Guy's a space cadet. Man, Phil's getting a lot of run today. We like Phil though. We do. Everybody we do. likes Phil. Everybody loves Phil. Phil on the show. Even when they speak poorly of him, they Phil's, love. Him. Phil's a great guy. He really is. Absolutely. Uh, James F said, um, "Oh, we think that was play out of the play." Scott L said, "What do you guys think about Hembrick Tikkanen?" Signing with Bridgeport. That's right. So apparently that remember Nicole talked about this. Teakin and the the overage goalie, um, I believe Finnish, if I recall correctly. He um he was rumored not to have signed. We we were wondering, hey, who's going to be the goalie there in Bridgeport? Mixed up with Scarrick. I think well, it's going to be Teakin. So he did sign with the Bridgeport Islanders, though, Grump. So you want to know my opinion on that? Is yes. Who cares? It's Bridgeport. <laughs> I knew that was where that was going. Again, he's a tall. He's not going to play for us. He's six foot, six foot seven. He's six seven. Not a great goalie. Maybe if they change it to like a, I don't know, like a Quidditch setup where height really mattered. I don't know. I'm sorry. Quidditch. Hold on. Height matters in Quidditch. I think so. <laughs> you know those little things are high off the ground. Or maybe um, if they tilt the goal the other way, where it's six foot up and four foot wide, maybe that'd be better for him. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, ooh, um, okay. And uh, we got here. Oops, I screwed up here. Okay. Uh, Doug R says, How does it help this season to bring Kadri in? It kills us for many seasons to come. Lou figures benefit is literally for one year. Lou figures he'll be dead by the time it really matters anyway. Well, no, seriously. He's 80 years old. He will live a long time, though. You look at him, man. He's healthy as a horse. He, he, he looks like a turtle. I'm telling you. He does. He moves slow like that. I, I, in an endearing way, he looks like a turtle. What's the wrong with that? I never heard people saying that a turtle is an endearing animal. What is? Uh, I think he's a snapping turtle. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, 
It's a little feisty. Um, but uh, I, I think it does help for one year. It depends on who's going out. I think if you look at it just from an X's and O's standpoint, if we're just simply replacing a guy like Josh Bailey with Nazem Kadri as a forward, I think that improves the forward group. I think our defense is improved with Roman off. I think anybody was an improvement over Chara and Green. I, I, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It, uh, you see the future and you go, yikes, things are going to be freaking awful. We talk about the fall from grace. I've said this for two years now. The fall from grace is going to be hard and fast. Hard and fast. It's going to be harder and it's going to be fast. Harder and faster than you can ever imagine. Oh, <laughs> I don't need to be begging on Lou Lamarillo because let's be honest. I, is he in the Hall of Fame yet? I don't know if you could put. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. And he should be. And he should be. He's been a great general manager. I just think it's kind of passed him by a little bit. That's all. I think he served a purpose. He brought respectability to the team, and that was the biggest goal he had. We had pieces to win a cup. We didn't, though. Right. And he brought in, uh, you know, the armadillo, Barry Trotz, brought him in, and he did his job, too, Barry and the vets. Um, And you know what? They served their purpose. Now it's time to move on. If you want to get to win a Stanley Cup, you got to change. The only constant is change. Heard that before, right, DJ? Grant's heard it before. He's heard it up there in Minnesota. He knows what's going on. So I got a question for you guys about uh, Lou Lamorello. So when we brought in Lou and Barry, um, I was under the impression that very first year that we were going to rebuild. Like that was what I thought was going to happen. And honestly, I would have preferred that because just blow it up and let's start young. And then by now we'd have like a pretty decent hockey team by now. Oh, God. So like I don't know what if you guys think that or what. I know Grant. I know Grant is just he's just stoking. He's just stoking. He's just blowing smoke right out the grumpy's ass. He's just. I feel like <laughs> pleasuring myself right now hearing Grant say that. I know that's uh, what it, that's what it feels like. I'm I you know. It's, see Grant I'm when I TJ sure. TJ's once again at a loss for words. Not me. It's, it's not that I'm at a loss for words. I think we did have a tangible chance. I think we did benefit a lot from shortened seasons with a veteran squad. I it's tough. That to, wasn't his question, by the way. I'm gonna get to the answer. Do we think we could have been at the spot to where if we were rebuilding, we'd be competent right now or not? Who the hell knows? Lou Lamarillo has not done he has not had a fantastic track record when it comes to drafting players. That you know that I will say he's had some some good picks, but you see items like okay, we're picking guys like Simon. I think the last few drafts, the last two drafts have been better, and I think last last year's draft for the picks that we had was good. But I look at the trades that he's made. I don't trust him in rebuilding a team. I don't. I know Grumpy says he's got the cachet. I would have believed him. He loses every freaking trade. I've never seen a trade where I'm like, oh, we're the flat-out winners of this one. He doesn't do a good job in handling assets. He always overpays for players and always gets underpaid when he trades for things. And again, his draft record is questionable at best, So at least with the Islanders. So I'm not sure a rebuild with him was actually the right idea. I'm 100% with Grant, as people know. (laughs) As soon as he came in, him and Trotz, we could have went into a three, four-year rebuild, and no one was going to say anything because it's those two guys and their track record. And by now, you'd have a whole crop of younger players, and you'd see this team on the upswing as opposed to the team that's on the way down. Because eventually you're going to have to do it anyway. They dragged that. And maybe Islander fans were happy. A couple of those failed Eastern Conference uh first conference uh, title losses to Tampa Bay. Maybe fans are happy with that. Not me. I'd rather, I'm really, I want to win a Stanley Cup. 
I'm not here to come in fourth, third, fourth, second in the division and get beat in the playoffs every year. I want to win a Stanley Cup. That's what I want. And I'm not getting any younger either. I know, Grumpy. I think you're looking at you're jealously looking at your time frame. Like I am looking at my time frame. I, I'm not sure if we go on a full on rebuild, Grumpy, how things look for you. Oh, but I'm still God. willing to do it, so I'll have some hope. <laughs> oh, well, we got a meme sent to us here. And this is always a good way too. If you guys don't have Twitter or Facebook, this is always one way you could send one in. This is Lou Lamarillo says the Long Island Groundhog says weeks <laughs> of the offseason. <laughs> this might be one of the funniest memes I've seen. Oh, great. I love it. Great. This is Dave. This is David Ass who sent this to us. It's the picture too, the way he's cocking his head. Oh man, that's great. That's great, David. Oh, buddy, that's good. That is good. That is. Thanks good. for sending that here to us. Um, uh, can you believe that the Islanders don't like us as an organization? This podcast. Can you believe it? Yeah, Grant. They're not big fans of us. Believe me. <laughs> uh, you wonder why. <laughs> yeah, Malkin probably listened to it, and he's like, "Oh, these guys are idiots." I hate these guys. Yeah, yeah. I hate these guys. He's like Dean Vermin Werner in Animal House. After they, boo, they're gonna run over the stage. Like, I hate those guys. That's yeah. exactly what it is. John A. saying point production differential would only make sense um, if. If he has a trade in place for a top flight winger. Mm. One more thing about Malkin. <laughs> I just want to say one more thing. <laughs> Don't worry, John. I agree with you. But Grumpy wants to say one yeah, more thing whatever, about John. Malkin. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever, John. Don't worry about it. Go ahead, Grumpy. I think this show is more entertaining than the product the Island has been putting on the ice the last couple of years. I'm just saying. Hey, when it goes to the down years, there will be a fun, there will be a fun. <laughs> A fun group to listen with is going to be the, the listeners in the show. Oh, good gracious. I feel like when, oh, it's going to be bad, dude. It's going to be bad. We're going to have a lot of people listen to us when they suck. I'm just saying. How many years do you think a rebuild is going to, if we sign Kadri, and let's say it's a seven-year deal, how long do you think the rebuild will be? When do you think the rebuild will start, and how long will it be? Two more seasons, and then the rebuild starts. Because I cannot imagine, honestly, them signing any more of these veterans to any more long-term deals. When you, if we don't, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm going to say if I'm not going to say when. If we don't make the playoffs this year, you know they have. You know, as an organization, you have to say to yourself, "Okay, this is over." But they still have guys under contract for another year. The majority of those guys, sometimes two, until those contracts are up and you move those guys out, you cannot make any appreciable change. So start now. Just start loading up on draft picks. This way, when those guys are gone, these guys can step in to the roster and let's go running. Two years from now is is the year when Matt Barr is all set to be an unrestricted free agent. Well, you should find out. You'll know now. You'll know next offseason. If he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal, sorry, Matty B, we got to trade you. We're not going to get Tavares again. How long do you think the rebuild is going to take? And I'll ask you the same questions, Grant. If let's assume worst case scenario, two years from now, you think the rebuild starts taking place. How long do you think a rebuild is going to take? He's drinking out of that freaking jug. <laughs> I'm asking you. How long? No, here's the thing: when you got yourself a half gallon jug, you get that thing tipped. Man, you got to finish up that drinking. You got to lower it down. You get it all over yourself. One thing, Grant, I've noticed it myself. 
the last the last month or two, I'm drinking, and all of a sudden I pull it out too fast, and I get shit all over myself. Yeah, you find that I mean, happens to you? It probably yeah. doesn't because you're young like that. Oh, it does. You gotta be careful. Like, you gotta be careful. Like yeah. sometimes I, I there's a little dribble, but I'm yeah. usually pretty good about it. Yeah, I Lumpy. just noticed it. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. have to start looking at prices for homes. Ask Grant that question. Like to go to the home. No, ask ask <laughs> Grant that question again. Okay, no, I was asking you the question. How much? <laughs> ask Grant a question. I wanted to ask Grant after you. I said, how about how long was how long do you think the rebuild's gonna be? And I was gonna ask Grant how long do you think before we start the rebuild? How long will a rebuild take? Okay. Okay, I'll go first. You already uh, said two years until the rebuild starts, and then I wanted you to say how long do you think the rebuild's going to be? And I said last grant right after. Three. Three years of a rebuild. That's it. Yeah, if you do it right, you should that's start now. You should start preparing for it now. Well, I want to ask Grant how <laughs> when do you think the rebuild will begin? How long will the rebuild take? I mean, when do I think? I mean, just watching that. Who was that on the video? Um, saying in Louis Trust, that was one of the owners, Ledecky, yes. right? Was, yeah, that was, yeah, seeing yeah. how like delusional he is. Like, I think they're gonna run this into the freaking ground with this veteran group. Like, I, I, I mean, I could see this going on for another like four or five more years oh, based God. on how delusional Malkin was. Like, that's what scared me the most is like his head is so not like on right at all about this team. Um, but obviously, for me personally, I want to like, get the nuke and blow this team up into smithereens <laughs> and keep all of our young talent and just rebuild from there. And then for Holland, I think it will take, I think it'll take at least like five, six years. Under yes. my plan, it would take five, six years. That's what I'm thinking more grumpy. The rebuild is going to take a long time. I think, oh, I think I think tangibly, I think you're right. Two years might be how long it takes until we start the rebuild because this year we're not rebuilding. And I don't think if we struggle again this year, I don't think we're going to say we're going to full blow it up mode. I think they're still going to try to do something to keep a remnants or some sort of the form of the team together. They're not going to – you have a lot of contracts. You're not going to be able to say, oh, we can get rid of a guy like an Anders Lee. We can get rid of a guy, you know, on a, a, a guy like a Kyle Palmieri. Their deals aren't close to – or a Jean-Gabriel Page. you got to get, wait until the deals get closer to expiring and trade them away on the last year of their contract at the trade deadline in order to free up space, in order to, to acquire draft capital. I firmly believe maybe two years away from a rebuild – and in a situation where it's going to take us probably six or seven years to complete a rebuild until we're no, looking enough. No. Do you think Sorokin's going to want to stick around for a rebuild? Oh, well, Do you okay. think a lot of these players want to stick around for a rebuild? Do you think Matty B? Imagine where this team is if Matty B flies the coop. If, if Marzell flies the coop, you might as well just say season tickets are free, half off Shaq Burgers. <laughs> Shaq I mean, Burgers half off. Maybe you got me coming to the game. Yeah, I just – I just I'm just looking at you know calf friendly, and two years everybody all these geezers on the forward group are signed, but after that you just have Anders Lee for two more years after that Nelson for one, Pajot for two, Palmieri for one, and Casey Zekas oh my God for three more years after the next two years, I mean other than that, those guys should all be gone, and none of them should be signed back none of them if you start your trans and I'm not saying transition just dump all those guys, even though that's what I'd like to do. They're not going to do that. But if you say, you know what? Okay, we're going to make a concerted effort that we're not trading first, that we're not trading draft picks anymore. And if we're going to, at the deadline, if we're not in a playoff spot, I'm not even saying five points back. If we're not in a playoff spot, Varlamov gets moved, period. Scott Mayfield, bye-bye. You can get 
if you get a couple first round picks or a first and two seconds for those guys in a deep draft, then you just start loading up and you do that for the next couple of years. Then after those guys are gone after two, you're still going to have a couple of those veterans left, but you're transitioning to the younger team. So that's what has to happen. You're taking like the, the, like the Rangers did. They were a few points out of a playoff spot come the trade deadline. They said, no, we're going to go into rebuild mode. And the fans were upset when that originally happened. So you're taking that approach this year, unless you're actually in a playoff spot, come the trade deadline, sell assets. doesn't matter if you're three or four points out, sell the assets, yes. start the refresh. Yes. Any, I mean, who are our assets? I'm not trading. Honestly, I don't want to trade Bavillier. This year at the deadline, the only assets I think you could change to get rid of are Varlamov and Mayfield. Those are probably the ones that are going to get you the most value. Maybe Pajot. Maybe you move Pajot. I could see a playoff team really liking him. He's got three more years left on his deal, though. That's what hurts. I mean, see, that's that's the problem with him. Bailey will be gone. Oh, my God. Could you imagine them re-signing Bailey? Could, maybe, Josh, I, Grumpy, I'm going to think you're going to be a little upset if Josh Bailey doesn't play his 1,000th game with the Islanders. Could yeah. you imagine if he plays 1,000 games, Grumpy? I'd be happy if he didn't. That means maybe he got galulied and oh, he's on long-term no. injury. That's what I think they really need to do. Oh, Get, uh, let Galuli some of these guys, put them on long-term injury, and then you don't have to worry about them anymore. Just leave them there forever, like they did with Andrew Ladd. Doug R. saying, I 100% agree with Grant. This is not a add-one-player team to compete for the Cup. True. Um, Chris Smith says here, um, they have the defense and the goaltending, which wins in the playoffs. They need to put together a good first line with Matt Barzal. I also agree with that, too. Um, Brian J said Islanders aren't making the playoffs and still will be at the bottom of the league in scoring. I just remember four years ago, the coach and the GM saying, yep, uh, we need more firepower. We know that we're going to do it. And they ain't done shit. I, I don't, I mean, I don't forget those things. I think that Lamarillo and Trotz just figured, you know what? These rubes, these Islander fans, they're so stupid. We could tell them anything and they'll be they've been accustomed to a loser team for so many years that they will be happy that we have brought some bright light to their miserable franchise no one's gonna hold us accountable to anything we've had more success since we've had the most success any islanders franchise or any islanders organization team has had since the freaking dynasty days since 1993 i'd argue we've had more success under them than the 93 time period wouldn't you um, I don't know. That team was fun to watch. Fun to watch, but I'm saying success on the ice. Back-to-back -back Eastern Conference Finals. I well, think we went to the Eastern Conference Finals in 93, and Al Arbor was a coach, and we beat – and after, we, it would have been like us beating Tampa Bay when we beat Pittsburgh. We didn't beat yeah. Tampa Bay. Who do we beat? Had, Who do we had, beat? Mario, name, the, name, the shitty, name the shitty Metro teams we beat. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell me the shitty Metro teams that we beat. The amazing Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Penguins with Tristan. I have no glove side hand, Yari. <laughs> he was the best player on our team in that series. He was. And then we Google played. Ask. He, I have a career in there. Like, uh, when he's walking, he's got a little limp and he's got a little, hit, a little hitch in his giddy up because he's got no hip labor on one side. Hey, there you go. Yeah. There you go. How many goals? Season. How many goals did we score in that series against uh, Tampa Bay? Uh, so. 11 goals in seven games. That's not good enough to get it done. So what I'm about the year before? Who did we beat the year before? Washington, right? Okay. You had the guy with the haircut, like we said. That was a given. <laughs> <laughs> and then we who was the other team we beat? Was it Pittsburgh again? I, I don't even remember. It was uh it was Philly, right? 
Okay, Philly, yeah, that's right. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I'm just glad the games didn't go to overtime. We lost every one of those. That was the playing game. Those are the playing. Or was that? Hold on. No, Florida, no, Florida was, was the play in. Yeah. That's right. And we here's the thing people keep forgetting. People keep forgetting. If that had played out that whole season, we, we wouldn't have made the playoffs. We wouldn't mm-hmm. even making the playoffs. That's what people keep forgetting. They forget that. Now, you're talking about just to set it for the people who might have a hard time following the 2019 2020 season. We that's correct. We would not have made the playoffs. We had gone on like a seven game losing streak at the end, or like it was seven game. I, I don't remember. We had lost a few games in overtime, but it was a seven game losing streak. And we, we, were like ten games left. we were in yes. ninth place, like three points back with a few teams that were very close to us on a seven game losing streak. We were not making the postseason. That was it. Yeah. And then I remember the very last game before the league got shut down, we were playing a game in Vancouver and the game went to a shootout. And Andrew Ladd comes up for the shootout and missed the net, and then we lost. <laughs> See, he's got Grant, a good memory. Grant is still scarred by Andrew Ladd and yeah. his signing. I could tell because <laughs> that was when my boy Oposo left, and I was so sad. And like, oh, we're bringing Andrew Ladd to replace him. Like, come on, <laughs> that was a total reactionary move. We got to do something. Sometimes yeah. doing nothing is better than doing something. Mm-hmm. What's the two things you don't want to do in free agency? You don't want to be late to the party. Eh, okay, we've done that already. And you don't want to overpay. Eh, doesn't feel like we're going to do the two cardinal sins of free agency in the same year. Oh, my gosh. We do that every year, Grumpy. Maybe we'll bring Chara back. Bring Chara oh, my God. I'm <laughs> uh, John A. said, I think two scoring options would have made a significant difference. True. True. Drew L. saying, Lou is like our Harold Ballard uh, before Ballard died couple of years of success and lots of incompetence. TJ, do you even know who Harold Ballard is? No, I was about to say, Grumpy, I feel like a guy who's going to, like the Pokemon trainer's home at the Pokedex, Grumpy. I'm going to need a definition of what this is. He was the owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs for many, many years. Okay, well, there you go. I learned something new today. Um, Chris May said, Kadri is good, uh, but here, I, he won't be, I think. he He's going to be more like he was in Toronto with, I think, less production. Kadri's a good player. I mean, he's a guy that you love to have on your team, but you hate to play against him. Mm. And he's a good player, but he's going to be 32. You're going to, it's once again, the law of diminishing returns. He's not going to be getting any better. And he had a career year by 25 points. 25 points. I think that's the new rule for him. Expect production that great. 33 to 38. I mean, where would, if you look at the talent level, where does Matt Barzell fit on in Colorado? He's certainly not a first line player there. He's a second line guy. He's a second line guy there. He put up. He would be. He would be a guy that people were heralding as. Oh, he's one of the most underrated second line guys in the league because of the point production he'd have. But he would put up. He would put up a, a hundred points a season in Colorado. I firmly. Ooh. I firmly believe that. Where would Brock Nelson be if he played in Colorado? Third line guy. He's a third line guy. I'd say probably he'd be a real. I think he's. It's unfortunate too because I think he's a really solid second line guy in the league. I think he brings a lot more than just points. I think he brings a lot to the defense. I like Brock Nelson. I know you don't, Grump. I'm a big no, fan. No. You don't <laughs> value don't him as highly as I do. How about that? That's, that's true. true. That's true. Okay. That's but I don't think that Brock Nelson is terrible. I think that I don't think you're going to see his game drop. I don't think he's going to score as many goals because. He's not going to have that same shooting percentage last year. He's been like 12.5% his whole career, I believe, 12.5%, 12.6%. And you're not going to see 22-point 
22% goal production yeah. uh, shot percentage here going forward. David D, he's going to be blocking that grant with his comedy. He says, hey, guys, <laughs> nice to see you again. Uh, now the rumor is John Gabriel Pajot want to trade him. That's why I brought it up, because one of those fly-by-night sites had mentioned maybe it's John Gabriel Pajot that's on the way out. Let's see, Lou, who traded a first and a second round pick for John Gabriel Pajot, now trading him, now trading, now trading again for, for Kadri, now trading him to get rid of Kadri or to bring in Kadri. What about Bailey? Nobody wants, nobody wants, but Bailey after this season, salary goes down to $3.5 million of actual paid money with one year left. So on these next two years, that's correct. Bailey gets paid actual cash, $3.5 million for the next two years. His cap hit is still the same at $5 million AAV. And Bavillier is worth more because he's young, has speed, and he plays like today's game and today's style, and that's needed. Um, could you imagine? Let's talk about that. David D brought up a good point. I, I can't believe we didn't even mention it. I, I didn't think to do, didn't think to. Could you imagine us trading away Jean Gabriel Pajot, the guy who three years ago we gave up a first and a second round pick to bring in to free up space for, for Nazem Kadri? Just imagine what he'll get. He's not getting a first and a second for us. Holy shit. Could you just, what do you think we would get for a guy like Jean Gabriel Pajot? Second rounder, maybe. Maybe. Oof. Oh, no. At $5 million per, fourth rounder. I'm going to say we don't get much of anything. And that's the scary thing. We're not going to get much of anything for him. And we gave up a first and a second round pick for him. If we were to trade John Gabriel Pajot. But that's that's right. That is the rumor now being espoused. John Gabriel Pajot might be the guy out. Now his failure is complete. Could you imagine we fucking keep Josh Bailey? We get rid of Jean-Gabriel Pajot after the worst year he's had in an Islanders uniform. Last year was the worst year he had, whether he was still banged up, is he towards the tail end of his career, who the hell knows. But he did not have a good year last year, and we're going to trade him away possibly. Holy shit, that's like nightmare fuel. That's terrible asset management again. I'm going to say once again, I think you can get something for Josh Bailey. I, uh, but it has to be to a team that has a specific need for a veteran who has a little bit of cash space but doesn't like to spend money, I'm thinking the Buffalo Sabres. Let's mm -hmm. say Buffalo plays well enough where they're close to a playoff spot come trade deadline. Maybe you move him to Buffalo for a fifth-round pick. They have like almost they have $19 million in cap space right now. Maybe you can move a guy like Bailey there as a veteran presence to help some of those younger guys because Bailey has played well in the playoffs. True, it's because teams look at him and say, he's not going to do anything against us. Just leave him unguarded. He won't shoot the puck. It's and, you know, every once in a while you see that he'll pop one in the playoffs. I think he could benefit a team like Buffalo if they're in a playoff hunt. And maybe you get yourself, like I said, a fourth or a fourth round pick for him. I don't think you're going to have to give up assets to get rid of him if you wait and trade him to a team that needs somebody like that. And there will be a younger team that's in the playoff hunt next year that you could potentially move him to. Mm. I, I, I firmly believe a team that, just as you'd mentioned, is in transition from a historically bad team to we want to be a better team. I think he does provide leadership and guidance on what that looks like because he witnessed it firsthand here with the Islanders. Yeah. He is on a cheap contract of actual cash that has to be paid to him. So if that's important to a team, maybe. I'm just not sure. And he's, he's a solid citizen. You know, all right, yes, occasionally, every once in a while, I've bagged on my boy Josh Bailey. 
It's, oh, you're a boy, Josh Bailey. Now I bet. Yeah. Whenever he's leaving, I feel good about it. Oh, so yeah. then I, you know, great. But, and I have bagged on him once or twice in the past, but he's a solid citizen and he's a veteran. And while he's not a vocal leader, he's a lead by example type. And I think that could really benefit a team like Buffalo. If Buffalo's in playoff position or in the hunt come trade deadline time. That's when you that's where Lou is kind of dumb. You move guys at the deadline. If you're not a if you're not competing for a playoff spot, you move them. You move them at the deadline. Mm. Um got a comment here. I'm gonna put up a, I'm gonna put up a post here on uh -oh. YouTube. We're gonna put up a poll on the YouTube on oh. the YouTube side. Asking, I, thought TJ, I thought TJ had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I do have to do that though, Grumpy. So don't worry, that'll be in a second. But I'm gonna put up asking if signing Nazem Kadri and trading away Jean Gabriel Pajot is a net benefit or a net loss. Because I'm interested. This is the first time we've seen I really didn't entertain the thought that we would get rid of a center and bring in Kadri and we're gonna either have Kadri or or uh Brock Nelson playing third line center. That doesn't make sense to me. I, at least it I does not make sense at all. But that solves your issue. You don't have to worry who's going to play wing. And now you get another season where Matt Barzal doesn't have any wingers to play with. Wouldn't that just be freaking awful? It's just it's got it's got John Tavares type of anger written all over it for the player. Okay. Put what's the poll going to be again? Net positive. Uh, I'll let you read this comment, Crumpy. I'm going to start working on that poll. Net positive. Oh, okay. If you have to trade, if you trade away Jean Gabriel Pajot and bring in Nazem Kadri, is that a net positive or a net loss? Paul Gordon says, what's the opinion on bringing Kadri in? Well, I think we've made that kind of vocal. Along <laughs> with trading for JT Miller. Hmm. Do you think you could do both is the reason I've got this up, Grump? Um, I guess you could. If you trade away enough assets, you could get JT Miller. But again, he's going to be, what, 30 years old. What are you going to give him, a seven-year contract? He had 97 points last year. How much is that worth? In Lou Lamarillo land, eight million, nine million dollars a year. And I think he'd be a good fit with Barzal, but he, again, he's in his 30s. Do you want to be giving seven year deals to guys in their 30s? I'm always a steadfast no on that. Grant, what do you think? Yeah, I think if you want to bring in JT Miller, then it's like you might as well, as well forget the future and just you're, you, that basically, that's like an all in right now move that just destroys your entire future because you're to give up so much assets to bring in a guy like jt miller and like it it's good for the short term but like i said i i just want to do it you just just do it now it's like when you have like i don't know this is kind of a dark example but you have a, a dog who's not like an older dog who's not like able to walk anymore and is not able to do all that and you just keep it around for sentimental reasons for yourself but the dog's suffering every single day is not living its best life you just got to end it man like the, this team is like you just got to end it and move on you gotta you know put I, that dog down grumpy here's what Take i like out back and put him down is what grant says put the islanders team down well i'm gonna say it's an awful dark podcast when i'm the beacon of sunshine tj says he already wants to get rid of Lane Lambert. No, that's not <laughs> what we're saying, Grump. Grant said, shoot the Islanders. They're nothing but a dirty old dog. Take him out back and put the hammer down. Take him out, uh, put a bullet in his head. 
Oh, man. Doug I, R says, TJ's got those rose-colored glasses on as far as the upcoming season. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think there's reasons to think that we could be good. I think there's also a lot of question marks to it. Brian J said, Islander fans, we're going to be in the dark time, dark ages again. Season tickets have been horrible. Be prepared to move in four years. People have been throwing that. They're not going to move. They're not moving. Just putting, not that, moving. putting all that money in. They're not moving. Ownership's not moving this team. I don't think the so. The ownership is solid. You need a you need a new younger GM. I mean, any GM is younger than Lamarillo at this stage. So, you know, when I say younger, I don't mean 20, but mm. you know, somebody who's not 80. We so, do have that poll up, by the way. It's structured. Uh it's on YouTube. So make sure you guys leave your opinion in. Is it a net positive or net negative if you trade away Jean Gabriel Pajot to bring in Nazem Kadri? Can so I make sure you get your voice heard? Yes. Can I make a suggestion? Yes, Grumpy. When you know what we're going to talk about before the show, should you not post that right at the beginning of the show? And well, then I you get back to as we talk about it. But you talked earlier how right off the top you said you were going to talk about – right off the top you said Kadri and move out Pajot. That was right at the top of the show. So you could ask the poll, put it right up then. But instead you wait two hours in before you ask that. So now you're going to say when there's only 10 people responding, it's because, hey, they heard TJ talking, so they tuned out. This is a very scientific method, Grumpy. This is going to give us the most accurate depiction of all Islander fans. Those 10 fans are the most, they're the antithesis of all of the Islanders community. Mr. B says here, Kadri signs uh, with the Islanders, then traded in a package deal with St. Louis for Tarasenko. No. I don't think so. No chance on that one. Um Brennan's, uh, uh, he's been spending too much time having too many kids because that's just crazy talk right there. No, stop, stop. But they're, stop. oh, hey, come on. They're cute kids, though. You know that. They are cute kids. Look at them. Look at them. I, love, the I love them. They're all smiling. They're all happy. Look at how happy they are. Especially the little one. The little one's yeah, got one of those little smiles back like that. Got that Islander jersey. He's got that Islander jersey on. He's like, I don't know why I'm smiling, but hey. I don't think Tarasenko's going anywhere. No, I don't think we sign players to trade them away immediately. That's like some that's like some uh, NHL 22. That's like some video game stuff. Yes. You know, players usually don't. And here's the thing. Knowing Lou Lamarillo, there will be a no trade clause included on Nazem Kadri's contract. Yeah. So you can't go in. Yeah, it'd be really tough to move him for however many years he gets that no trade clause for. Uh, Robert G said our transition is it has improved immensely. Um, with Charo and Green gone and Romanoff in. Actually, I with, that, Robert. he said with Charo and Green gone. TJ, do you know who Charo is or was? Um, uh-uh. She was the Coochie Coochie girl back in the 70s. Or you think he just meant to say Charo, Grumpy? Which one? You think the Coochie Coochie girl from the 70s is who he's going for? I don't know, but she was like, Coochie Coochie, Charo. Look her up. Put a, Pull up Charo, put her on. You got to do a full body shot on her, by the way. <laughs> Charo Beans is the first thing I always see. Okay, let's. Her see. name is just Charo. Charo is the name of a TV show, Grumpy. And it's only one R, by the way. Okay, one R. -H -A -R I was going to say the Charo with two R's, Grumpy, is like a Hispanic uh, show or something. Okay, now Charo is somebody completely different. Give me a sec. Oof, she had some work done on her. I'll tell you that much. Okay, I don't know what age you're looking at, but in the 70s, you know. She's not. Okay, maybe I'll get that. Maybe I'll try to pull up the best looking picture I can get of her. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I was gonna pick the worst picture I could find ever, but okay. Oh yeah, probably one of those ones. Hey, you ever hate like you see those little things on the internet where they, you know, the little clickbait things and not 
the Islanders Inquirer or sites like that. Um, but like where they say, hey, um, look at this icon from the 70s and look what they look like now. Yeah, there she is. I was about to pull the picture of her now, Grumpy. It's not great looking. And yeah, she was. Okay. That's like 50 years ago. Uh, I mean, you're talking about 50 years ago. Shit, dude. The seven, yes, right. The 70s are 50 years ago. Yeah, Holy I know. Crap. Believe me, I know. I Grump, was you starting to feel old yet, Grump? No. I know you were a big fan. I know you were a big fan. Everybody was a big fan. I know, you're, I know you're a big fan of Bill Russell. You watched him play live. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then we got a comment here. Brian J says, no shot, TJ. We're getting a top 10 pick this year. Mm. <laughs> How about tank, think, for, think, tank for Bedard? As a, I, I'm all in for that. There it is. <laughs> I think I, I don't think there's any way we can trade another first-round draft pick. Shit, could you? That's the worst case scenario. If we're outside the playoff spot looking in this this year at the trade deadline, and Lou Lamarillo trades away a first round pick in this year's draft, and then we don't make the playoffs, holy shit, wouldn't so that that'll be like six years in a row? Okay, because you don't count Simon Holmstrom. That's well, your little joke. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's a first round pick. Um, and Paul G says here, uh, uh, Bavillier, not Bailey. Um, Natter, uh, Natter F says here, um, Kadri will bring, I don't know how to print. What is that? Shawarma sandwiches. Not a shawarma. It doesn't say shawarma. Shawarma. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't say shawarma. I said shawarma. That's, I pronounced that as shawarma. Grumpy, I can't read. I'm going to say shawarma. Sorry, Natter. I can't read. Um, for Lou. I don't think, um, I don't think Kadri's bringing any sandwiches to Lou. Maybe that's going to be what seals the deal. He's waiting to announce until he gets his special sandwiches from Toronto. Okay, maybe so. Um, Drew L says Bavillier should be playing with Barzal. Um, like those two were electric in the rookie seasons in those young years. Now, let's be honest, though. Is Barzell a better all-around player now than he was back then in his rookie year? Yes, mm -hmm. he is. Did he benefit from Barry Trotz learning the overall game? Yes, he did. Did he hate Barry Trotz? Absolutely he did. <laughs> Do you blame yeah. him? Nope. I don't. He's costing that kid money. That's what he was doing. Yep. If hate somebody in the pocketbook. That's a good way to get somebody angry and disgruntled. I'm going to pop that comment up, and I'll be back. Oh, there you go. It's a long <laughs> one. Here we go. Chris Smith says he's got the with the Mets logo. Mets swept a doubleheader today. It depends if they play, I think, with a new coach. There were times last year where it looked like they weren't playing hard and just going through the motions. Bailey should never have always been the extra skater at the end of the games. Go ahead. I'll let you touch on that first, Grant, please. Yeah, so one thing that really annoyed me with trots is how, like, in, like, the end of games, when you need to score goals, you bring on guys, like these old guys like Parisi and Bailey and it's like, why not bring on like Oliver Wallstrom, a guy who can actually shoot the puck and score at the end of games. And another thing that really infuriated me was that it was a game against Philadelphia in Philadelphia, goes to a shootout, and Barry Trotz has the balls to put out Zach freaking Parisi ahead of Oliver Wallstrom. I was like, I was like yelling at my TV, like put Oliver Wallstrom in because he's going to score. And then lo and behold, he wins the shootout for us. <laughs> and here's the thing. Do you remember the game where Walsh was like the ninth shooter? Yeah. And the press actually had the nerve to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and they were scared. You could just tell the, the voice was a little shaky. They were a little, uh, can I ask this question? I don't know. <laughs> and 
Trotz just said, well, yeah, you know, that's where he kind of fit. I'm like, oh, my God, please. It's just things like that. He just, for me, Barry Trotz loves his veterans. Mm -hmm. And the young, it takes a lot to put you on that pedestal. Remember, you remember how Matt Barzell was getting just dumped, thrown under the bus every other post-game -pre post press conference. Well, he needs to do, he needs to do that. And we heard from a pretty good source that said Barzell went really went after him verbally after a certain game. And you never heard boo from Barry Trotz about Matt Barzell for the rest of the year. I firmly believe that. Or maybe he just had to just stand up to him and say, I'm not going through this crap anymore. Or maybe he said, you know, I'm going to be here longer than you. I'm more important to the franchise than you are. Barry Trotz. And certainly that came to fruition. Now I didn't hate Barry Trotz as a coach. Okay. But you see the warts when you see him every day. And there are Washington fans who swear up and down by him because he won them a Stanley cup. I say the players win the Stanley cups. It's not never the coach. Never. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they benefited from playing the Vegas golden Knights in the final. I'm sorry. Expansion yeah. team. Um, Bailey, yeah, Bailey should never, Bailey shouldn't be on the ice period. Never. <laughs> I just, I don't even want him having ice in his cup. I don't want Bailey ever on the ice. I want him gone. He's just, he just is what he is. He's, there's no, there's no upside to Josh Bailey. There's no upside to Anders Lee. There's no upside to the fourth line. There's no upside to Zach Parise. TJ hates when I do this, but you know, for me, I just get rid of all the old guys if I could because their time is done. Yeah. You don't need a whole team of them. And I was something we talked about last podcast, making Barzell captain. And people were saying, well, no, you know, not yet. Lee still needs to be the captain. No, you, you have so much veteran leadership on this team. I could care less. You don't need Anders Lee as the captain of this team. Give it to Barzell. Lee will still be here. He could still be, you know, he could tell them how to do it. That's what they should. That's what a veteran should do, right? You pass the baton to the next guy, the best player on the team. No one's ever accused Anders Lee of being the best of anything on this team. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I was doing a live stream maybe like last week, and I brought that up that like, should Anders Lee be ripped of the captaincy to Barzell? And I totally think he should. Like Barzell should be given the C. It's his team. Um, a Anders Lee, he's a very good, like, character guy. Like, I, I respect him a lot. I'm sure he's great in the locker room. But I think, like you said, Grumpy, it's time to pass the baton, give it to Barzell, and it's his team now. Yeah. And, you know, it just it just should be. And it's funny because I was reading the Greg Prodebuck Dynasty uh, this week, and they talk how that same thing happened with Eddie Westfall. He was the captain for the first few years, and – they decided, you know, hey, it's time to pass it on to a younger guy. And that's how Gillies got the captaincy. Now, Gillies didn't work out. It was two years, and then it wound up going to Potvin. But, you know, that's just it's, sometimes it's just time. You want to show, okay, this is a team that it's Matt Barzell's team. It's not Andrews Lee's team. Um, Grumpy, we got a lot Welcome of... Welcome back, TJ. Thanks, Grumpy. I'm going to let you do your little reads of them, Grumpy, as you like to do. Paul's got a comment for you, Grumpy. Captain Hindsight, Grumpy. LOL, we took him the game six and seven. We had every chance. Okay. I remember at the time, I'm not Captain Hindsight. I called it as it 
happen. We were never, and I'm going to repeat, freaking ever beating Tampa Bay. I remember, the, I think, the direct quote, even the first year we were there, as you said, my brain's telling me no, my heart's telling me yes. That was the first year. And you said, I think, the same thing the next year, too. I think the next year what I said was, after it was 2-2, two to two, Stamkos woke up, and in a cold sweat, he's like, my God, he called up Vasilevsky, he called up Sergachev, he called up Kucherov, and he's like, I had a dream that this series was tied 2-2. Two to two. And like, I had the same dream. He says, hold on, they get the morning newspaper. Like, oh, my God, it is a series. It's 2-2. Two to two. And they come out <laughs> and blew us out 8 nothing. Oh, man. Then they win game six. And game seven, they get the goal in the second period when my boy Josh Bailey took the wrong guy. <laughs> one nothing, And they just shut the Islanders down. And, again, I'm going to go back to that dynasty book. They talked the Islander, all the Islander, old Islander players – said how Montreal was so great during their heyday where the Islanders couldn't beat them in 76 and 77. And they would just go up a couple of goals and they just play defense and just shut you down where you could do nothing. And that's what Tampa Bay was like. Even this year, that's what Tampa Bay was like. They just had too many injuries to overcome against Colorado. But, I mean, that's what a good team can do. And I just felt that's what Tampa was going to do to us two years ago and three years ago. I just, I never thought we'd be in Tampa. Tony, yeah, oh, sorry. sorry okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, in the bubble, I didn't think we were being Tampa. But then this, that last year, that run that we had, the Coliseum, I thought, I genuinely thought that we were going to do it. Like all the stars were aligning. We were getting all the bounces in the playoffs. Like it was the last year at the Coliseum. Pulak has that ridiculous save on the goal line. You know, we were down two to nothing in game six. I was like yelling at my TV because Barry played the same exact lineup from game five where we got our asses whooped. But then we come back, it's three to two. And I was like, game seven, anything can happen. And I, I generally thought that we were going to do it. Uh, but it, that was hard. That was a heartbreaking night. That was very hard for me. The it save was so close. Long Island, that huge save by Ryan Pulak. I mean, like, yeah. that's the most excitement I feel like an Islander fan has had since what, 93? That freaking save and the win in overtime like that was just so much pure joy, I think, for our fan base. I think Tavares single-handedly beating Florida was probably the last time that it was that exciting. Mm. I don't think it was more exciting when that huge save by by uh, Ryan Pulak that allowed us to win that game six. You said that. Oh, 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 okay. Gotcha. Most exciting since that. Okay. My mistake. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Um, Tony Chi says, I got a soft spot for Bavillier. I'd like to see him stay. Okay. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Brian J. Okay, I'll just let you read the comments because you'll do them quick here for us. The trot system only gets you so far. True. Um, yep. He needs the horses. And talent prevails, he also says. Talent Bavillier may thrive in a more offensive system. He has the speed. If Bailey is moved, I can see Bavillier in a possible Tarasenko package. Tarasenko is not getting moved. The only way Tarasenko was potentially getting moved would have been if they got um, uh, they got Kachuk. They got got Kachuk. Yeah, they they're still competing for a cup. Yeah, they don't want to say they lost David Perron. That's a big loss to their forward group. They're not going to say, yeah, let me lose another top six forward in Tarasenko and bring in a guy like Bavillier. 
who's a middle six guy. I mean, I think that takes him a step backwards. And he makes $4 million a year. He is cheaper, and I'm sure we'd have to send somebody else defensively to them. They don't need the money. They don't need the money. That's the thing. They don't need the money. Cap space-wise. Um, Scott L. says here, also, for other teams, uh, catch up to that pl- that style of play, and they blow by the Islanders with their speed. True. True. David D. Grumpy. If we trade Bailey and Pajot, included along with the third and the fourth pick, no first and second picks, that clears $10 million and you can sign Kadri and Miller or Tarasenko. I have to include Mayfield at 29 years old because he's not resigning next season at $4 million per. You insert Hutton or Salo and get a vet like Subban, absolutely not, from the Devils for two years and $3 million max. I want nothing to do with Subban. He's all too much about himself, honestly. Um, I just think his his time has passed. He was he was a good player. He had some really good years in Nashville. He wasn't great in, he in was Montreal. Okay. He was not he was, great. He was okay. He was never great. He never played defense. That's why they moved him out of Montreal. Montreal hated him. Hmm. They traded him for seven hundred year old Shane Weber. Oh, <laughs> well, Shea Weber, he was older, but better defenseman. I mean, Shea Weber during his peak was, I, I'd say, top five defenseman in the NHL. I say Weber, even on the injured list, is better than Subban now. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, grumpy, Brandy Gaines got a comment. Bavillier was on pace for 20-plus goals in previous two shortened seasons. Dowdy shoots 6%, the lowest career average next year. Put him with Barzell, 5-on-5. Five five. Watch what happens. Why not? And that's the one thing I think you will see from Lane Lambert. I think you're going to see the lines get uh, mixed up a little bit. Shake them up. Shake it up. Shake it off. Shake them off, Trumpy, <laughs> little Taylor Swift song. No, I was saying shake it up from the cars. Uh, okay. uh, Brent Gaines also says here, just because the team gets Kadri or Miller doesn't mean that the player has to be uh, to be Barzal's five-on-five wing. Have that winger be Brock Nelson. Make it a similar concept to the Franz Nielsen, uh, John Tavares, and, and Kyle Poso line. Oh, go ahead, Grant. Tackle that one. Your hero's <laughs> on that line. <laughs> um, so the Miller doesn't mean that players be Barzell. Just have you, okay. So you're saying like just put Brock Nelson on the first line as your like winger? Yeah. And then have Kadri be your second line center? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I I really like Brock Nelson as a center. Like I, just, I mean, I think he might pair well with Barzell, and he might score a bit more goals. But I, I'd rather have Brock be my second line center. I would too. I just think it's it's just so tough to say Brock Nelson has thrived at center. I mean, you talk about a renaissance in his gameplay. Barry Trotz is the best thing that's ever happened to Brock Nelson. And you hope he can, continues to carry forward that consistency and that style of play that he, you know, is, has been allowed to thrive in the Trotz system. That's a guy I don't want to move from the center position. Okay, good. Mario Grumpy. That well, That's Lamorello doing his best to win Gima of the Year for the third time. Overpay for a third-line center, move to clear cap space for a marginal player, which the team does not need, and lowball the elite winger the team needs. By the way, the senator gave up as much. The senators gave up as much for uh, DeBrinket as Lamarillo gave up for Pajot. Good point. Yeah. Think about. Think that. about that. Holy crap! Th- oh my god. Oh, I know different years, but still, we gave up a first and a second for a third-line center. They got a forty-eight. 
they got a 40 year they got a 40 goal score a young 40 goal score and people always hate when i say jean gabriel pajot is the third line center that's what he is i get that he plays special teams units he's a third line center that's what he is when they roll out the lines he's on the third line drew l says more like tj takes a dump and smears it on lane lambert's coffin <laughs> before game one of the 2022 2023 season <laughs> <laughs> that might be taking a little bit there drew but no worries um Mario said, old horses cannot run so fast for, for too long. There you go. Mm. Um, Paul G said, I'm not sure what the obsession with Anders Lee, that with, with the Anders Lee guy, guys, uh, had 28 goals uh, last 78 games, could have had 30. He was never an assist guy. He had 18 assists. He was, you know, he never, you know, he was never a first line guy. But go look up who, who led the Islanders in goals. He didn't lead the Islanders in goals. He is a first-line guy. He gets paid like a first-line guy, but he doesn't perform like a first-line guy. And he doesn't do – he's not creative. He just stands in front of the net. Who's led the Islanders in goals the last five years? Well, because he just stands in front of the net. Phil Esposito did that too. Just stood in front of the net, deflecting pucks. Yes, there's something to be said for that. Don't try, to, don't try to shit on Phil Esposito by benching him in the same freaking breath as Anders Lee. Come on. I'm I'm just saying same that same type of player. Uh, he's no Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito had 76 goals in a year. I mean, that's like three years of production for Anders Lee. But yes. the whole thing is he doesn't do anything else but stand in front of that. He should have way more than 28 goals deflecting pucks. We've said he's always a much better fit for John Tavares. Yes. Than he was with Matt Barzal. He Matt Barzal is not a fit. It's like water and freaking oil with Matt Barzal and, and Anders Lee. And he's another one of those guys. Look at how many goals and points he put up a week before the trade deadline to the week after. The majority of his production came around that time period. He struggled the first half of the year. People claim confidence in his knee magically turned it on. I called that bullshit when it originally started. And like he's been playing for 60 50 games it's not like he now just has some confidence and then at the tail end of the season the production he was just gone. went invisible again and barzell was pissed at him i'm telling you right now he was calling him so. out without saying it by name you look at the guys who gave it they're all at the end of the season who was who who didn't do it the veterans on that team that should that just and when the captain's like that mm, sorry strip him strip him strip him rico strip him uh, Brandon, you, know you, Rico, you know what you got to do, yes, sir. <laughs> said, I do think there's more. Uh, there, there will be a couple more depth signings in addition to Kadri slash JT Miller. Okay, why do we need depth? Where this team, all it is, is a depth roster. I think the depth piece, like Sonny Milano, is what he suggests. Okay, but still, piece. but still, we don't need guys who are bottom six guys. We need guys who are top six guys. Until you get top six guys, you're going to be the same team. Brandon Gaines says, Paul, Anders Lee was on pace for 30 goals. I guess it was his fault he got a stomach virus and COVID, right? Every player got COVID last year. I want to say it was like 70 or 75% of the league got COVID. If you didn't get COVID, you were in the minority on that side. Everybody missed time with COVID last year. Every single player. I don't know. Oh, no, so you. Every player across pretty much the league, 70% of the league missed COVID last year. 70% of the league had a player that missed COVID for at least a week or two weeks. Okay. I, you know, I, I here's the thing. Anders Lee 
does not he defensively i didn't see any effort no back checking from him at all last year he plays how many minutes a night 17 minutes a night he played on the first line as a winger and 28 goals is the production we got you want to know when else he plays you want to know when else he plays first line power play too well not only that when there's an empty net situation, that piece of trash is out there and he does nothing. It's that's how he pads his stats. He scores a couple, you know, he score four or five empty net goals at the end of the year. Or a little assist on an empty net goal. How yeah. often is Matt Bars all out there for an empty Never. net situation? Never, Never ever, ever, ever. Barry made sure. Oh, yeah, sorry. I realized that, you know, we have a five on three and it's the end of the game. We're going to take you off. Let's give some of these other guys some nice crap. Hey, Anders. Come on, let's get you out. Brock, Josh, Josh, come on out here. Oh, man. Uh, the good guy wins. One says Wallstrom and Bellows have to step it up. It's time for them. We drafted them to score. They should be on the same line as Barzal. Putting them on a secondary line makes no sense. No production, trade them. You can't have both of them on the same line. You can't. I realize one's a left wing, one's a right wing, but uh, neither, one are, neither one are great skaters. Wallstrom, I would put Wallstrom, even though Bellows has had chemistry with Barzell and has scored goals playing with him, I think it has to be Wallstrom. Bellows should be on the second line. You know who the biggest albatross on this roster is? Who is it, Grumpy? Number 27. I thought you were going to say number 12, but that's okay. He's not an albatross. He just He's a wasteoid. <laughs> I mean, the anchor, the anchor around the Islanders' neck is the captain. He needs to be on the – honestly, he's a third liner now. And he's not even a good third liner because he doesn't hustle. Okay, if he was making – here's the thing. Third liners don't play 17 minutes a night. If he was playing 12 minutes a night, I think you'd see more energy up and down the ice every single shift out of him. And if he was getting paid like a third line guy, we would love him because of everything he does. He would be much more energetic playing 12 minutes a night than playing 17. Well, that's what happens when you sign third line wingers and give them first line money. They're going to get the wrath of the fans like the grumpy old man. <laughs> um, Pac-Man said, yeah, I always disagree with her dislike about Anders Lee. Is he overpaid? Absolutely. Um, he's a good top six forward. Uh, Grant, I want to ask your, your opinion on Anders Lee. We've made our opinions known. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on a guy like Anders Lee? Top well, six guy? He is a Minnesota boy from Edina, which if you're from Minnesota, you don't know if Minnesota, everyone hates Edina. Cake eaters, no one likes them. Oh wow! But so I, I've I've forgiven Anders though. I've forgiven Anders. Went to Notre Dame, which is all right. I don't hate Notre Dame. Uh, but yeah, to answer the question, I yeah, I he's not a top six guy, Anders Lee. He's a third line left winger in my opinion. But how much money he's making? It's like it <laughs> like you're gonna pay your third line winner. Like how much is he making? Like almost seven million. Seven million a year. Yeah, like for a, a third line left winger is just a joke. <laughs> but yeah. but there is some good news. There is some good news to having him as your third line winger. Um, it's only for another four years. <laughs> if he was your third line winger too, depending on who's on the right wing, you're gonna have five million or is it five million cap hit for Jean Gabriel Pajot, seven million for, for Andrews Lee. That's already twelve million dollars on your third line with just two players. But think about it. Honestly, the best line is when they all play together is Nelson, Bailey, and uh, Lee. I think so, too. They, they play really well together. And that's the Islanders' second line, regardless of where their talent dictates they should be. But think about it. You're paying cap-wise. You're paying 
18 million 18 total. million dollars for that line anders lee josh bailey and brock nelson i mean nelson's the best player in that line by country mile yeah I'll go I know you had to, I know you had to swallow that response back, but I thank you for the, <laughs> for the time. Um, Brandy Gaines also says, "Let's say opening uh, top nine to start the season, and again, opening things can change." Is Bavillier, Barzal, Nelson, Lee, Cadre slash JT Miller, and Paul Mary, and Parise, Pajot, and Wallstrom. What's the problem? Okay, what? I just it's underwhelming to me. That first line's not great. That's as simple as that. I, I I think that, you know, if I'm putting the chance and the likelihood of Anthony Bavillier reverting back to that early year with Matt Barzal, I, I'm putting maybe a 25% likelihood he does that. I think he's just more what he is what he is. Maybe his development got ruined under the Barry Trot system. Who the hell knows? I just don't think I, I'm not, if I'm putting likelihood, I'm not putting a high likelihood that he's going to revert back to that young, young, young Anthony Bavillier we all fell in love with. And I'm going to say again, Nelson is not going to shoot at a 22% clip. That's, that's just not going to happen. Very true. And that's like, second line. Lee I, and Paul Mary on a second line. Oof. But, okay, but I'm just like, Lee doesn't fit anywhere. I mean, I, I could see Kadri and Paul Mary. Okay, Paul Mary, he's an F minus. We know that. But still, it's like, I, I just, they're just not any good. They're in their 30s. They're on the downside. Maybe if this was a senior league or, you know, a beer league, yeah, those are pretty good lines. But And then you look at the other one again. How many minutes is Wallstrom going to get? they got to shake it up a little bit. I just feel we need to shake it up. Mm. Parise should be a fourth-line guy. That's what he should be. Bellow okay. should play. Bellow should play. I'd rather have Bellows with Kadri and Palmieri, to be honest with you. Rather sit Lee, huh? Put Lee on the third line, but then you can't. But uh, you can't have Lee and Wallstrom on the same line. They yeah, kill Pajot and his defensive resp- responsibilities by game fifty. He'd be <laughs> out of gas. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's like a Picasso painting. This, this lineup, nothing fits. It's like a Picasso painting at the end of his life. Not looking so great. I don't know. None of those pictures look great. They were kind Some of. Some of them pretty good. Um, what I'm saying is they didn't. They were kind of jagged, little jagged edges. That's all. I'll be let you read that one too. I blame Barry for not letting Bellows and Wally develop. He never put them in the best position to succeed. Hundred percent correct. Kind of the comment here for you, Grump. Grumpy old man is Buttermaker as a coach. Do you know who Buttermaker is? The name sounds familiar. I can't tell you why though. Ugh. He was the coach in Bad News Bears. Oh, that's why he sounds familiar. That's right. And I struck out Ted Williams in a spring training game. Is that really what he said? That's what he did. He was a minor league ball player, and he was with an organization. At least that's what he said in the movie. That was his character. And uh, he struck out Ted Ted Williams in a minor league, uh, in a uh, spring training game. That's when he was pitching to one of the kids and he passed out drunk, drunk. on the mound. So this is was, he dead? Nah, he's still breathing. He's just drunk. That's Picasso's first painting to his last painting. That's what I'm making the, the reference to. Right now, we're about that last painting of Picasso. I couldn't even tell you. Maybe people in art like that, but it looks like a whole bunch of squiggles in a fucked up face. So, yeah. <laughs> I, could do, I, I, could, I, I, I could draw like that. <laughs> right now, I could. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, Paul G said, of course, Lee's overpaid. Nobody denies that. Uh, what free agent does, but doesn't, you know, but but I don't get all the hate. I don't get the hate at all. I, it's 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 because of the situation he's used in and the effort level. I didn't see. It was more the effort. I can defend Anders Lee a little, and I have in the past defended Anders Lee when I saw the effort on the ice. I didn't see the same Anders Lee playing like a guy with his hair on fire where he's willing to fight for every inch on a freaking ice. I didn't see a lot of Islanders have that mentality last year, and that's what bugs me the most. If you're the captain and you don't embody that anymore, you can't be the captain anymore. I'm sorry. I call him average Anders Lee because he does one thing well, which is stand in front of the net and deflect pucks. He's above average at that. Skating, below average. Defensive zone coverage, below average. Passing, below average. So, actually, he's below average, Anders Lee. I call him average because it rhymes with Anders. Average Anders. I just team up all the aspects of his game, and he's just an average player who gets paid an exorbitant salary. Uh, Brandon Gaines says, Drew, Wallstrom needs to fix his skating and stamina big time before even consideration on Matt Barzal's line. True. Those are Now, what do you expect reasonably? And I'll ask you both this uh, next year. Do you think that's going to be an improved area of his game, or is he still going to struggle regarding his ability to skate, his stride, and his um, and his stamina? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, if he worked on it in the offseason, I know a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of NHL players – they actually will go to like figure skaters to actually learn how to be more efficient with their strides and be just more an efficient skater. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe he did that. Uh, but if he didn't, then I wouldn't I expect the same thing, honestly. Um, but yeah, I hope he's a better skater. That'd be awesome. If he could play with Barzell and move down the wing like that. Yeah. That's all up to me. That's all up to him. Yeah. Honestly, you know, TJ, I got a question. What if Zach Williams went to a, uh, Zach Wilson went to a figure skater coach. In his hometown, what do you think that would turn out to be? I think Zach Wilson might have a little love affair. I think so. He likes the Cougars, that's for certain. He does. Um, that's why he's a neighbor. BYU. That's why he went to BYU, Grump. He was the Dang. BYU Cougars. Um, John M. <laughs> <laughs> good one, TJ. One for TJ. There it is. <laughs> John McBandeman says, Good evening, boys. If the Islanders signed Condry with Romanoff uh, and traded away Anthony Bavillier and uh, another forward to get a top six winger. Um, they make the playoffs. This makes up 16 points. The overtime record would make up 10 of those points. Okay. I don't think we're adding do, another top winger. Do you that's really think that's going to happen? I mean, other teams, their rosters are set. They've, they've already done all their – the business end of the season's over for them. Oh, the business ready. end of the offseason, yeah. Right. It's over. Where now all of a sudden we're going to make moves and teams are going to say, yeah, let's upset our apple cart – to give the Islanders a top six forward. It's just not going to happen. Um, JG says here, I agree with you, Pac-Man. Both Anders Lee and Nelson are somewhat underrated. I think I think Nelson a bit. but Oh, well, Anders Lee is not underrated. No, I don't think. No, I don't think I'd be uh, The good guy wins. One says, any guys we trade to clear cap should be for picks. We need to improve the farm system. Amen, brother. Amen. And Tony Chi said, I got to win in regulation because we can't go to shootout. Okay. Mm. Um, Wallstrom has to be on a Barzal line. Uh, Wallstrom, second line power play specialist, not on the first power play. Bellos is a mid to bottom six forward, but has massive skating issues. Okay. He's probably a 30% better skater than Anders Lee is. 
right now. You really think so? Absolutely. He's a better skater than Anders Lee. Absolutely. Mm. Anders Lee can't skate. I think they're both not great skaters. (laughs) I didn't say he was a great skater. I just said he was way better than Anders Lee. Okay. Here's the thing. When you give that kid a chance, look at how he hustles. When you give him five minutes a night on the third line or play him at his off wing, you know, heaven forbid we move a veteran to play on the offside because, you know, let's take the young guy who's not comfortable on the ice because you never give him a shot. Let's put him in a position he's never played before. But the 38-year-old, the 37-year-old wing, we can't move him to the other side, even though he's been in the league for 20 years. We can't move them because they're more comfortable over there. Oh, please. Who are you talking about, why, of course, Grump? It doesn't matter. It was the same thing with Johnny Boychuk and Noah Dobson. Dobson had to play his his offside. He had to play on left side because they couldn't move Johnny, who was a twenty year vet, to the to the left side. Mm. I'm sorry. You want to make the younger players feel as comfortable as possible, and you have the veterans who've been through the wars have them go to the offside. It just it's just so dumb. It's so it's it's mind numbingly dumb. Honestly, so stupid. Do you want to get you you want your young players to get better, or don't you? Or maybe you want to sabotage them so you get more old guys on the roster. I don't know. You uh, know we got a few comments that agree with Grant here, too, and you, Grumpy, saying, Wallstrom is an offensive player. You can't put him on the third or fourth line. He needs to be on the second or the fir- on the first line only. And sure. that's also what, what the good guy win says. Doesn't matter. We didn't draft him to play on the checking line. Put him up on the top line. True. Um, we have so many third and fourth line guys on this team. Goal goals and defense, you know, goal and defense is goaltending and defense is good, but forwards, you got a lot of third or fourth line guys. How many more of those do you need? I think 11. that's what we're talking about, too. We don't have any top end talent. The Islanders think we need 11 of those guys. Barzell is <laughs> the only guy who was not. Um, Brett W also says Bellows has produced with Barzell. Play them yeah. together. Yes. Scored goals. Are you optimistic, Grant, that we're going to start to see Lane Lambert? try to mix up lines. And again, Grumpy thinks the lines are set in stone, I think you said earlier. No, no, I didn't say that. I said they can't be set in stone. If Trotz was here, they would have been. I could have told I could have told you three three years ago what this year's lines were going to be. The same thing. Do you think we're going to see more flexibility and more line changes, uh, Grant, with new head coach Lane Lambert? Do you think he's going to be more open to those items? Well, I mean, I would hope so because with Trotz, you saw he stuck to the same lineups almost every game and it didn't work. So if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, you're just an idiot. So you have to mix things up and put lines in the blender and try new things out and, you know, see how it goes. Mm. Absolutely. And Jeff S says here, Parise is good for his role. Leadership, not for top lines. I would actually like Parise on the fourth line, says Jeff S. No problem with him there. Uh, I'm going to come to you from JG. He says, I agree with Grumpy Old Man. A need to let the young players get real minutes. Give them a true shot to prove themselves. You can't bench the young players the second they make a mistake. They need the confidence. They need the confidence. But supposedly benching young players makes the veterans play harder. (laughs) Per Kevin Kurtz. Uh, John Smith says, kind of hard to transition to the youth when you keep signing guys in their mid-30s to multiple-year extensions or contracts. Like I said, you keep on repeating the same mistakes year after year. Mm-hmm. And the David D here saying, Lou's going to have to come out uh, after Labor Day in September. Who's signed and not LO? Same player with one, same team with one new player. 
I was about to say, we're the only team that have not made an unrestricted free agent signing so far this offseason. A guy who is not part of the organization after the NHL draft that now is part of the organization. We're the only team in the league not to have done so, or at least announced as of right now. Well, you know, when you don't win a playoff round, you shouldn't make any changes. Why would you make any changes? It's like winning a Stanley Cup. You don't need to make any changes from year to year. You won the Cup. We were like the best non-playoff team. Why would we need to make any changes to be there again next year? Oh, man, oh, man. Um, Tony Chi says, what a better way for Lou uh, for, for Lou to end his career than setting up another general manager with a decent rebuild. He's obviously not going to be around with the whole thing, uh, but he can get it started. Yeah, go ahead. Start a rebuild. No problem. Just do it. No problem. Just do it, says Just problem. do it. <laughs> Just do it. Um, let's see here. Grumpy, I'll let you read it like that in your Boston accent. Well, that's true. Boston socks cack. There it is. There it is. Drew L said, so Grant, you play fall, guys. I'm pretty damn good at it. Justin saw <laughs> it last night. Already level 10, says Drew. Yes, he also does. Grant also has a video. Grumpy, you love video games, don't I you? I hate them. <laughs> he also does he does he does like live plays with with video games too and everything like that as well grumpy stuff that you you're very in tune with you know what i hate i'll call my son my younger son and i can always tell when he's playing those damn videos because the conversation is just stupid i'm like you're playing those damn games like yeah okay goodbye <laughs> i know we're interested in talking to you while you're playing those games those videos he calls them like damn, the videos the on the line. Um, JG says, Grumpy Man, how many goals should Lee have this year for you to be satisfied with his play? 40. 40. Because that's all he does. All he does is stand in front of the net and deflect pucks. It's not like he's driving the net with the puck. It's not like he's dishing off passes. Not like he's creating offense. It's he, not like his play away from the puck opens up space. He just he he need that's all he does is score goals. And it's an important thing to score goals. You got to score it for me. For that money, 40. 40. Tony Cheese said 100 goals for Lee. 100 goals for Grumpy not to be upset. <laughs> That's probably what he'll get for the rest of his contract is 100 goals. Holy shit, in the next four years. Um, listen, guys, uh, only fault on trots was he played too much of the, too many of the veterans, but he got the most out of this team with the squad he was dealt. Um, this is on Lou, not trots. Um, he's the odd man out. Uh, let's just see what Lou does this offseason and at the trade deadline in December and March. Oof. Let me, I'm gonna, I got an interesting question. Let's say we don't make the playoffs this year. How does your opinion of Lou as his, as his tenure as a general manager of an, or the Islanders general manager, what would you put his, his, where would you rank his general managership compared if he, to, if, for just like for what he did, what type of grade would you give Lou as the collective unit since he's been here? If we don't make the playoffs this year, um, he made it to two Eastern Conference finals. And let's say after his contract expires, he rides off into the sunset. What type of grade are you giving Lou Lamarillo, knowing that we did make it to two Eastern Conference finals, but there is a massive rebuild on the on the horizon and he completely gutted everything we have in the farm? Okay, go ahead, Grant. What do you give it? I'd give it like a D. Wow. Like he, yeah, we got to two conference finals, but I mean, all he didn't bring in, like he, like you said, grumpy in day one, he's like, I'm going to address the offense. That's the number one need for this team. And he hasn't done anything. 
I'm so I'm still PO'd about the whole Devon Taves situation. That's just mm -hmm. a joke. Uh oh, that he did. Oh yeah. And, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> TJ hit the, hit the hot button for TJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you do you mess up the whole Devon Taves thing, and then you somehow win GM of the year. I don't know how that happened. Mm. Um, but yeah, I in general, and then yeah, like deforesting basically our whole farm system. Just yeah, I'd give it a D. This is not good. I mean, because I've only experienced Gar Snow as the other general manager. I don't know anyone else. Like I know Al Arbor was amazing, but I mean, I'd put Gar Snow better, j just above Lou, honestly. Wow. Okay, you're saying Gar Snow is better than Lou. Okay. Wow. Okay. I was going to give him a B. And okay, gotcha. And it's not because it's because what did he do? The most important thing he did is he made the Islanders relevant again. And the hiring of Trotz did that. Now, that he's done. If you don't make the playoffs two years in a row, it's you can't let him stay there any longer, though. If you don't make the playoffs two years in a row, he's got to go. He's going to be 80-whatever years old. 80. 80. He was born the same year that Citizen Kane came out. Think about that. Damn. That's a long freaking time ago. I've never even seen Citizen Kane, Grumpy. That's how old. Watch what? It. I, it I love Citizen Kane. I watched that once in a film class, and it was really good. I watched it last, for, for a movie made in 1941. Just incredible. And Is the that the one where they go off on the plane and they say, like, at this, like oh. I've got to leave? Or something no. like that. The black and white film where they go off on the plane? No. God. Oh, here's the thing, Grant. <laughs> TJ's like a movie illiterate. And we, <laughs> we really don't pick on him on this show too much about it. On the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show, he gets attacked every single podcast. <laughs> no, that was Casablanca, by the way. Uh, Casablanca. Um, no, Citizen Kane. Uh, no, it's about ostensibly uh, Randolph uh, Hearst, who was part of Hearst Publishing and all that. And he tried to get the movie canceled. It was the first movie put out by Orson Welles. Uh, who was a great filmmaker. I still think he's underappreciated. He's some had some fantastic movies. Um, Charles Foster Kane is the name of the character, and it's like his rise and fall. Uh, no, you got to watch it. I watched it last night. It was on Turner Classic Movies, and it still holds up from 1941. That's it was the movie. Oh, sorry. That's the movie with the sled, right? Like Rosebud, I right, think. Rosebud. Right, yeah. Rosebud. Yeah. It's about, yeah. And it's just a metaphor for life. It's just really, really good. It was acknowledged as the greatest movie. As a matter of fact, I think it still is. To me, it's not number one. What's number one, TJ? The Godfather. Thank you very much, The Godfather. Um, Paul but still G. great. Still great. Paul G. says, uh, Lee also has a career plus 19. Clearly plays defense. No. A plus minus doesn't indicate he plays defense. Chara had the highest plus minus on the team. Like plus minus is one of those good things to look at, right? If you're out there more often when the team scores and when you get scored against, that's good. But it's not a barometer of, hey, this guy plays defense because his plus minus is good. When you're put on the ice all the time, when you're in the offensive zone, chances you're getting scored on are less. And if, are you taking those? Are you in the uh, defensive zone in those big minutes at the end of games? No, you're not. Lee is out there at the end of the game. So only if it's an empty net. Only if it's an empty net where you can just chuck it down there. Tony, she said, Grumpy old man, you really expect TJ to know who Kevin Pollock is? 
He can name or he can name a Kevin Bacon movie. I don't even know Footloose, oh, right? God. Kevin Bacon's in Footloose. Wow, we got it! Holy yeah. crap! Oh, I gotta make sure I'm not yelling too loud. My wife's sleeping there. It's gonna be up at four o'clock in the morning. At the door open. Give me a sec. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's typical TJ. So yeah. I okay, I am stunned that he got a Kevin Bacon movie. If you're gonna ask me if he was gonna get a Kevin Bacon movie, the answer would have been no. Absolutely not. I, I cannot believe you got Footloose. The only one is I've never actually seen Footloose. I just know it's about a town where they're not allowed to dance and he likes to dance. Um JG says here, if we had I saw I saw Footloose when it came out in the movie theaters. Ancient grumpy. Mm. The grumpy old it was. man. It was in the eighties, man. Um, JG said, "If we had a couple more of our scores score twenty eight goals in a season, we'd be in pretty good shape." Ironically, Lee had just as many goals as Kadri last year. Yeah, Kadri just had like six times as many assists, though. So, oh, all right, I think we can all say Kadri's a better player than Lee. Overall. Yes, at this point, absolutely. Mario said, "Lamarillo got the players that Trotz wanted." I agree that too. I James F's got a comment there for you, Grump. Hope the Yankees lose in the playoffs just to get rid of Aaron Boone, the piece of trash. Yeah, he's got two damn hits today, and they're losing Montgomery, the guy they just traded, Jordan Montgomery. Mm-mm-mm. Like I said, teams that can pitch give the Yankees problems, you, and that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. The Yankees not winning the playoffs with this team. I'll let you read that, Grumpy. Grumpy, do you agree the songs of Hootie and the Blowfish are, are akin to musical cyanide? I thought their first album was entertaining. I enjoyed their first album, to be honest with you. It just shows how music changed too, right? Their second, their first album sold like 11, 12 million copies. The second one sold two and a half million, and they dropped them from the label. It's not like the olden days where you know you had guys who really cared about artists. They would come in and they would develop music over careers. Like I like to bring up Bruce Springsteen. His first couple albums didn't sell at all, but you could see. Columbia broadcast uh, Columbia could see, you know, that he had talent and they did say, you're going to have to sell some records on the third one. That's when born to run came out and he did. And the rest is history. But if it was today, he comes out with the first album, does nothing. He would have been dropped from the label. We never hear of him. I forgot to show these last time Drew sent them. There were two good memes. I wanted to show these to you grumpy. Um, Anders Lee. Uh, Anders Lee, after hearing about Matt Barzal's interview, and I took that personally, um, talking about again Matt Barzal calling out Anders Lee, and um, oof, Anders Lee, after grumpy old man becomes general manager, as you talked about, you get rid of him in an instant, grumpy. <laughs> You're um, out of here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'll be your uh, assistant, GM Grumpy. I'll be your you assistant. Go. No problem. There we go. We got some youth when Grumpy, <laughs> grumpy gets older. We've got somebody else to take yeah. over. TJ, do you um, know what Kevin Bacon's first movie was? Shit, I, you're lucky I got Footloose. Okay, man, let's take it where we can. <laughs> a com- it was a comedy, okay? Um, Give me a hint. I saw this in the movie theater back in 1978. John Belushi was in it. Animal House. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yes. Okay, there it is. I was about <laughs> to say, John Belushi, the only movie I know from John Belushi, Animal House. He's in the Blues Brothers. Oh, is he really? Yeah. He was Jake Blues. Mm. Dan Aykroyd played Elwood Blues. Carrie Fisher of Star Wars fame played Jake's girlfriend, and she was trying to kill him the whole damn movie. And then he gives her the eye. She gives him a kiss, and he throws her down in the mud, and then she's trying to kill him again. So, you know, 
Oh, man. Um, New York Ranger Mike says, reality check, people. The Islanders were more successful post-John Tavares in 2019 and 2020. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the best team in those years in Tampa Bay. Nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, condescending Ranger fan. No, 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 no. Mike, no, we agree with that, though. We were <laughs> know, but, about John but Tavares. Nothing to be ashamed of. It's true. I say that often. But you know, you come on here. You know, I, Mike. No, Mike comes on here. here. Mike. Mike. I like, know. Mike I like Mike. Show. I do. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. And he also says the Islanders are too slow uh, on their forwards, uh, with the exception of Bavillier and Maparzal. To be successful, they need good, fast skating team. Mike, you know, you're 100. I don't know what's. I don't know what's worse. A Ranger fan coming on here and telling Islander fans the same thing we've been saying. And in a, a calm and rational way. I think that's got to just light everyone on fire. Remember, I told you I'd rather see the Rangers. The Rangers beat the, the V Tampa. Okay. I remember fans what? wanted to throw me off the freaking Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, I remember that. I knew that there was no way in hell the Rangers are beating Colorado. I just didn't okay. know. I didn't know that the injuries on Tampa were going to be as severe as they were. So, hey, it okay. didn't matter either way. Do you remember when we had a podcast here and people tried to lynch us? Was it two years ago or three years ago? When we said we'd rather be the Rangers than the Islanders. Who would you rather right be? Right now and going forward. We, people were, you're secret Ranger fans. You guys are Ranger fans. I said, we, you know, I can look at the team and say, oh, <laughs> the Rangers are going to have some good years here in the future. and We might struggle, guys. It was the first year we were in the Eastern Conference Finals is when we said that. I said, I'd rather yeah. be the Rangers roster. It was the offseason. It was the right in the offseason off after yeah. Eastern Conference Finals, first yeah. time. People looked at us like we had eight heads. But again uh, – the curve. <laughs> Grumpy, I'll let you read that. Lou's been here four years. Actually, it's been five now. And this never is like Jeffrey W. Grumpy. Oh, hi, Jeff. He's never replaced Tavares. Calgary loses Goudreau, and things could have spiraled out of control if not for their GM. Right. What do they do? They go out and they get Huberdo. And, and they already resigned him. They already resigned him. I was hoping, right. I was hoping doing a little rosterbation for next year. And I said, well, maybe we'll get Huber though. Nope. That's not happening either. Mm. Um, Mario's got also a comment. He says in defense of snow, he was told by ownership not to trade him. Talk about John Tavares. When he was, we approached them to inform them. Uh, he was planning uh, to trade John Tavares. I have asked this question many times and nobody seems to know the answer. Uh, name the team executive who fired his general manager at the 11th hour of contract negotiations with the organization's franchise player. Hmm. Um, nobody does. No, if you're trying to sign back, like if you know, nobody really does that that frequently. It's a good point, but I never gave my grade. And, and Mario, that's right. He was told by ownership not to go ahead and trade John Tavares. What a mistake that was. Um, but I never gave my grade for Lou Lamarillo. I gave him a C. I know this is like as Switzerland as I can be. I think you're right. I think he is a guy who did establish back and brought a name rep and, and brought the Islanders out of the laughing stock of the league, which they were. But I look at what he's going to leave as a legacy for us fans, and it is going to far outweigh two years of the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm talking about six years, seven years of a rebuild bad. I disagree. I disagree. People are going to think about but got to remember – we're miserable for how many years he comes in. We get to two Eastern conference finals and we're miserable again. All they're going to remember though. 
Oh, remember those two years where if we got that break and Brock Nelson didn't take that penalty and either of this, we would have won two Stanley Cup. We beat them in game seven. We're absolutely winning the Stanley Cup against Montreal. That's you know what? That is exact that is exactly how fans are remembered. Oh, our team was bad. Our team bad before Lou Lamarillo. Lou Lamarillo come here. Team successful. Lou Lamarillo gone. Team bad. Lou Lamarillo is God. That's what's gonna happen. Going to be that Neanderthal type of thought process is how some fans are going to think of that. So that was your Neanderthal voice. (laughs) Grumpy, stick it where the sun don't shine. David S. says, Grant, two questions. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Islanders being ranked 21st, 10th, and 25th in cap efficiency over the last few years? And he said, um, also, the fact that only two players have exceeded their contract value, which are Parise and Brock Nelson by a margin. So what do you think? I'll, I'll pop up the first question. Okay. What do you think about the Islanders being ranked 21st, 10th, and 25th in cap efficiency over the last three years? What's the 10th ranking? I, I 21st. Yeah, that must have been 2020-2021 season. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah. find that hard to believe. Yeah. But I mean, we haven't been efficient with the cap at all, and it, it's just it's just terrible. And like, I think an easy way to uh, I'm kind of spinning off here, but an easy way to shed cap was I thought they were going to move Varlamov. That's easy, five million gone. Like, I think Varlamov would have been a good fit for like Buffalo because they don't really have a goaltender. I think they have like I forgot his name. It's a super long name, like Uko Pekalukinen. I think is the yeah. guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think trading Varlamov to Buffalo and get draft picks and assets would be a great move, and that would make our cap efficiency way better. I just, Grant, let me ask you a question. I'm sure you realize that we weren't trading Parise or Chara or any of these other guys at the deadline because, you know, we had a handshake agreement. They'd be here the whole year. And then you see a team like Tampa Bay, you know, cup winner, two-time cup winner, who are able to get a guy with a no-trade clause to waive it. Mm-hmm. With all those years on his contract, why are we not capable of doing something like that? I think Lou, he just, I think he has too much respect for the players or doesn't have the balls to like tell a veteran player go. to like, hey, you're not good enough and you got to take this deal or we're just going to move you. Like he needs to grow a pair and like do that to the veteran players. New name for the podcast Flaming Dump. On Lane Lambert by TJ, Lou doesn't have any balls from Grant, <laughs> and the grumpy old man is the hero of the people. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, Robert C. says, it's amazing how many fans are making the comparison with Lou and this genius. Never done, never done wrong, Mr. Tory. Um, I certainly never forgotten the 77-78 and 78-79 season. Certainly nobody was whistling Dixie after back-to-back fiascos against Toronto and the Rangers. It wasn't until the 10th day of March in 1980 when we made the trade to get Butchie. Have faith in Lou! He certainly... God. um, uh, He's certainly (laughs) Vegas. uh, He's certainly Vegas to get get his work cut out for him. He certainly maybe has his work cut out for him. So nice to see the Potvin boys in the picture there. Here's the thing. The difference between... The Islanders of today and the Islanders of back then, all the players were drafted by Bill Torrey, all of them. When we, when they lost to Toronto, which after reading that book, that was the worst loss 
by Al Arbor considered that the worst loss. Remember, I TJ, I told you the worst loss for me in Islander history was losing to Toronto in 1977. The guys were only like 23, 24 years old at the time. The whole core was like 23, 24 years old. And then they lost to the Rangers when John Davidson, they got beat up by the by Toronto. Toronto just out-physicaled them. They were missing some elements. And Tory augmented these pieces in the next couple of years. Then they lost to, you know, the Rangers in 79 when John Davidson was just off the chain great. Then in 1980, they make the trade for Butch. They brought in a couple other guys. But the core, the whole core was no older than 26 years old. By the time they were 30, 31, the dynasty was over. The Islanders were on the way down. All of our guys are over 30 now. And we ain't one shit. I don't care what trades Lou makes. It's not going to be good enough because we have too many guys on the wrong side of 30 who make too much money for long term on this team. Those are just facts, my friends. Noah T says here, personally, me, uh, if I'm looking for general manager, I want Kyle Dubas. And he says, Lou, he thinks will give Kadri six years, six million. Oh. Smith says seven years, seven million, I think. It will be uh, an off contract. Mario takes it one step further. He says, I heard it's going to be six million a year. That's not true. I heard 10 million, baby. No, he Let's said nine, said nine million, not I'm six. Sorry, nine million. I can't read. Oh, but nine million a year. God almighty. You talk about nightmare fuel. Oof. Could you imagine? A, a I assume, I assume year, a eight million dollar a year contract or even I nine. Assume, I can assume we're not getting to every comment today. Um, I don't know how many more con. Oh, um, I don't even know where you are. I'm gonna try my best. Well, I'm just trying to pick and choose. We're now we're uh, maybe we're trying to pick and choose. Um, New York Rangers said Houston will beat the Yankees in the playoffs and go to the World Series. Either the Mets or the Dodgers will be in a World Series. That, wouldn't you love another Subway Subway Series, Trump? It's not happening. But you really want, you want to know where to go if you really want to talk about Major League Baseball. You go to TJ and the grumpy old man's Ooh, podcast. What a smooth segue. Oh, look at that. Absolutely. That could be found tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's in the link in the description below. Also, as a featured page on our YouTube channel. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you scroll the yeah. way down, and you go, oh, hold on a second. Here's TJ and the grumpy old man. That's where you're able to find that grumpy. Nice segue, of course, as always. Grump, I'll let you read that comment. Josh Cuck Bailey. Absolutely. Goon Goon says, since Kadri is on a Stanley Cup winner last year, wouldn't he bring a much needed, a much needed experience when it comes to the Islanders? Or is that just mere hogwash? The whole team is in their 30s. They all have experience. They all have experience. Well, I think more experience when it comes to winning a cup. Uh, Christmas said Garth's fleeced Edmonton in that in that um oh, yeah. trade. Garth's Garth's no never made a trade that he didn't win big time. One trade. One trade he lost. That was yeah, Tom Vanek. Well Vanek debacle. That was it. Well, Ryan Smith also. How many years ago are we going back to Ryan Smith? Long, long time ago. He didn't fleece on that trade. He he didn't win that trade. Hmm. Um Vinnyel said nobody's top tier players want to come here. Period. Christmas said Pajot at the time was I think was a good well, I think was a good trade. Maybe he gave up too much to get green um, from the Devils, but he had you know a no trade clause there, so he only agreed to go to either the Islanders or the Rangers. Second round pick and a first in the second round pick. It was too much. I like JG Pajot. Everyone knows that. Still. Too much to give up for a guy who's a third line center. Mm. 
How many third-line centers make $5 million a year? Not too many. One, no. I think. Tony G says, if somebody calls me a turtle, we are fighting. He says, the only thing worse than a turtle of any kind of is any kind of bird. I don't like birds. They're too <laughs> new. They're like all like, uh, we're dinosaurs, and now we can fly. F birds. <laughs> um, and uh, Vinielle said, the old bag will be fleeced again, talking about uh, Barry Trotz. Or I'm talking about Lou Limerlo. I'm sorry. Oof. Man, oh, man, you know it's just going to happen. Um, freedom, fun and adventure, Grumpy. I got a comment for you to read. One day, TJ will need to read Grumpy's prescription <laughs> bottles <laughs> to ensure he's getting the proper doses. Good luck sleeping tonight, Grumpy. The scout hide from Toronto is said to have GM potential. Oh, Grumpy. Maybe we should give that the other your other son that job to read. No, the, I, we'll give my lovely Paige that job. That's it. That's going to be Paige. She's a doctor, but you never know. I got to stay on her far. She could be mean as shit too. So I have to stay on her good side. Otherwise she's like, yeah, okay, let's give him a little bit more of this. Demerol. <laughs> good, great. Triple dose. Oh, oh, he didn't make it through the night. Oh, uh, uh, L said, Grant, I have a question for you. Do you know what a thumbnail is for videos? It seems that TJ doesn't <laughs> know what it means. That's just a picture <laughs> on the outside. No. Yeah. That's what a thumbnail is. Yeah. I was confused. Drew, what your comment meant, what your DM meant. Didn't make sense to me. Uh, Brett W. says Garth Snow's rebuild took nine years, didn't it? It's going to be a really hard move with some of these bad contracts that Lou has given us. The whole thing is Garth Snow was able to get – I mean, drafting in the top five every year, you're going to get some good talent. Yeah. It's just couldn't hire a good head coach. When Charles Wong was the GM, he wouldn't spend any money. It was a reason. And here's the thing. You don't hire a guy two days after he retires a player as a GM. Like I said – that should be a red flag. It's not like he was an assistant GM for 17 years. No, he came right from the ice to be a GM. That was just doomed to failure. But still, he really, every trade he made, he didn't make a whole lot. He won. And he drafted young players and he let young players play. I mean, all the players are on this team really are, for the most part, Garth Snow draft picks. He's been gone as a GM for many, many years now. Uh, Brett W says a lot of fans are happy with losing twice in the conference finals and overlook the fact that, you know, in a full season, they missed the playoffs. I'm with Grumpy. I want a cup. Thanks, Jeff Brett. S says also Snow's record, losing a bunch of guys for nothing. A PA Parento. He eh. said Mark Streit eh. wasn't much. Franz Nielsen. Eh. He, he wound up getting a huge contract with Detroit that didn't pan out. Kyle Lock, Kyle Lock Poso. Eh. Overrated. Just wanted to see Grant's face on that one. I'll take the comment off. Come on, Grumpy. He, he was a product of Tavares. He was. he was a product of Tavares. He was okay. He's, he had a good year last year. I but thought, he was a guy who was – I thought he was overpaid in Buffalo. We were was. not going to match that contract. I, and here's the thing. I thought Franz Nielsen was probably a better overall player than uh, than Ocposo. Overall. Franz Nielsen did have that unbelievable shot and shootout. So. Where are the rest? Because I was okay, – I wanted was, just to look at him. John Tavares. Okay. Well, that was. I wouldn't blame yeah, that. that, one. that, uh, that no, that was that was his worst move. But I'm sorry, he's your move. Matt, Matt Martin, Martin. Who cares? I was about to say. Thomas Thomas Manic, that was the one I really give him 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 garbage for. And he also mentions Ryan Smith. Yeah, Ryan Smith. Granted, Strike, Ocposo, and Nielsen, the team made the playoffs, so you do not really move players in those situations. But Snow has never re-signed any of his own UFAs except overpaying for Bailey. It's no, it's because Bailey ownership. He no, I think that was after he was gone. Ownership extended him, or it looked like he was on the way out. I think that was ownership more than anything else. Wanted Bailey no. extended. No, okay. here, no. Here's the thing: Charles Wong was still the owner of the team, 
and he was signing those guys back. They, they no one wanted to sign here. They wouldn't give him money. Josh Bailey re-signed like two years before his contract was up. Like I said, I would be surprised if he's in line for a contract renegotiation now. Hey, can we get Garth back for a little while so I can get a six-year extension? Signing on forty. Give me a Sezikis um, contract. I'll take it. And the Vanek um, situation was a mess. They couldn't re-sign him. That said, Lou needs to start making moves to improve this team. Mm. Yeah, I, I you know he he mismanaged a few of those items. There was a lot more goods when it came to trades and it came to selections of players, and I, he just never had a good coach. You know what I mean? He could not bring a team from a laughing stock with you know with with talent to a legitimate coach, and that was the biggest thing that Garth was never able to do. Um, so left his tenure as a general manager as wildly incomplete. James F. said, did I hear it right that Kyler Murray's going to call plays from the sidelines in the next Arizona Cardinal game? Holy the, shit. The problem is he's going to call them from the Oklahoma playbook. The problem we is know, we know he's not been studying that Cardinal playbook. Oh, man. John Smith said the rebuild will start next season when the new general manager comes. I just hope that this is the last year for him. I pray so as well. I'm praying that. Um, Tony Chi says, hashtag nuke it, Grump. <laughs> nuke it, as Grant says. Uh, Matthew C says, question is, who will be the next general manager? A okay, new general no. manager means a new coach also. That's why I said Lane Lambert's in a tough situation. He is. If he doesn't have an unbelievable season this year. When they bring a new general manager in, if they do, Lane Lambert's gone. Now, someone, a poster earlier, mentioned that the guy they brought in from Toronto is a scout has GM potential. If that's the truth and they look at him like that, I like that hire. I really like that hire because what have I been saying for two years now? Bring in a young guy, let him train under the old man, and then kick him upstairs, let this guy run the team. I just don't want Fredo to be the GM of this team. That's the last thing I want is Fredo Lamarillo coming in here and just messing everything up. I don't need Johnny Ola coming in here and trying to whack Matt Barzell, uh, you know, like they did in Godfather 2 to Michael Corleone. I don't want to see that. And he was just too dumb to realize what was happening because it was used by Hyman Roth. I don't want that. Oh, man. Uh, Gungun says, how proud do you find gents of the Mets? I'm proud. I'm a Mets guy. Okay. Anyone? I know a lot of listeners on the, a lot of people who watch this show also watch the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. Remember how many people have been saying the last few weeks, Grumpy, you're worried about the Mets and what I say. No, no, no. Not worried about the Mets. Don't worry. They didn't have Scherzer and DeGrom at the time. I said, no worry, no need to fret. And they're just cleaning up on the Braves right now. That's what I like to see. Um, Freedom Fund Adventure says, don't worry. Lou has zero interest in a rebuild, so he will be gone on his own. I still won't be a rebuild. It will be a retooling. Lou even started it by acquiring Romanoff in this year's draft class. Okay. Every... Gosh, okay, every time that you may have a draft class, it should be part of a replenishment. I like what they did this year in the draft. They started to look like, okay, you know what? Let's start transitioning away from the big, slow, can't-move defenseman with Odelius and uh, George. What was his first name? Isaiah George. George With guys like that. And then with uh, Finley as a, a guy, a speed guy who's just offensively talented. I like those picks. If they are truly transitioning away to a modern NHL style, I'm all for it. I'm just a little leery. Um, got a comment here from Louis uh, Louis uh, Louis Figueroa saying here, um, or Luis Figueroa said, I-, "I just want Bailey off the Islanders." Period. What do you think, Grant? 
And he also uh, says, oh, I think oh. so, but I'd miss I'd miss the song. I, I love the song. <laughs> I do miss him being a whipping boy too. That's always yeah. kind of fun. You know, honestly, it'd be fine. I'd be fine not having any whipping boys on the team if we saw more success on the ice. Mm-hmm. Tommy S there says Bailey Hold needs on. to go. Hold on. There was one you put up and now it's gone. It's a Charo with a crying Charo. face. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what Charo used to say in all her interviews when she go on Johnny Carson or Merv Griffin or any of those shows? <sighs> no, Grumpy, I didn't. She'd Tell shake me. it and go coochie coochie. Coochie coochie. <laughs> she used to wear. She used to wear um, super. Like you know how all the girls now wear the uh, what kind of pants are they? The what do you call? Stretchy I don't pants. Know. The, the pants they wear. Yoga pants. Yoga pants. Yoga pants. That's it. Yeah. The stretchy and, pants, Grump. Yeah, whatever. You know, like super tight. You know, you know <laughs> if you're 400 pounds, you shouldn't be wearing those pants. Ladies, <laughs> gentlemen, both. Don't do it. Not a good look. But for the, you know, for the girls who can wear those pants, outstanding. Now, Chara, Chara used to wear pants like that, but they were like, Charo, oh, Chara. You keep calling her Chara. I know. I'm sorry. She <laughs> I don't want to mention Chara in stretchy pants, Grump. With fl- she'd come out and she'd wear like a little, uh, like a little uh, crop top. So you got to see her abs, and she wear these super tight pants, and with the flared bell bottoms, she go coochie coochie. I mean, and she used to shake it. I don't even know what she did except be Charo. That was that was her claim to fame. She was Charo. Oh God Almighty! I'm looking at some of these future comments here. Tony uh, Tommy S says Bailey needs to go. Not John Gabriel Pajot. Uh, I'd rather get rid of uh, draft capital than John Gabriel Pajot. I like. I mean, I don't know if his last name is really Shredder. But that's a cool last name if it is. I think a master shredder from the Ninja Turtles. Um, uh, Andrew L says here, the Mets sweep a doubleheader. DeGrom tomorrow. The Mets land is on fire. Um, uh, Robert W says it's a net negative. To give you a little update on what the vote ended up at, 46 votes, 35% said it would be a positive if we trade away. John John Gabriel Pajot and bringing Nazem Kadri, 65% say it would be a net negative if we trade away John Gabriel Pajot and bring in Nazem Kadri. That's about what all our polls are. About 60, about one third to two thirds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, David D says your future, um, your future and your players are Barzal, Wallstrom, Aturatu, newly AHL signed player. Um, uh, Kiefer Bellows, then Pulak, Pelik, Dobson, Salo, Sorokin, Nelson, add Kadri, Keep Lee, and add JT Miller, Casey, um, Paul Mary. Everybody else is available that can be moved out. Oh, man. Paul Mary's got to go. He says 80% of our team is vets. You, you know, you don't add 80% veterans at 20% young players. You need 80% young players and 20% veterans. True. Frank saying, what's up? What's up, Frank? Pony Curry said, boy, boy, boys. I was sleeping. How are you guys doing? Just tuning in. What's up? And he also says, Kyle Palmieri's dad. That looks like a very official name. He <laughs> says, boys, my son is pitiful. An embarrassment. It's true. I, I had to work it. hard for what I had. I didn't just buy a house on Long Island and end up with some of two's contract. My son is a nobody. Uh, just a jag. Just a guy. Replaceable, he says. I've had many conversations with Palmieri's dad, and we both think alike on that. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, and then we got here comment here from David D also saying, um, here's a, here's, here's a sign. Unreceived free agent, Kadri, then trade Scott Mayfield, Bellows, Casper, the goals, the ghost Holmstrom, uh, 2024 third round pick and a 2024 second round pick for JT Miller. I, why would Vancouver do that? They could get, they were thinking about trading for Noah, getting Noah Dobson. For JT Miller, if you listen to that's what the fans say. The Vancouver fans. 
Oh, man, oh, man. Mayfield, Mayfield should be moved to the deadline regardless. He should be moved to the deadline. I don't care where we are. He should be moved to the deadline. We got this here. David D says, Andrews Lee reminds me of Mark Parrish. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, Drew L says, guys, I can confirm TJ does not check Twitter comments. I just tested that. So we don't, by the way, it does. There's no Twitter comments don't feed through on StreamYard. So people could be commenting us on Twitter and we never see a damn thing. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I can't see any of the Twitter ones. Uh, that's all I got to say. Why don't you tell the people again that we're not going to do live streams as often as last year? Why don't you tell them that? No, I'm just saying we're not going to do as many of the games, live streams of the games, Grumpy. We were at a point where we were doing live streams sometimes six or seven days a week for that's three true. hours a day, man. I don't know if we can keep up with that pace. Um, Your Drew wife will be happy. She doesn't have to deal with you. <laughs> he doesn't do that. Jarrell says, I mean, back in the miserable Tavares days, Capuano made sure to try and attempt to develop guys like Jeff Tambellini and Travis Hammonick. Speaking of Tambellini, Grump, did you see he just got hired by Seattle? I did not see that, but, I mean, he's been a front office guy for a while now. Good luck to him. Good mm. luck to him. Um, and then uh, – <laughs> James F said, I'm more of a Van Gogh kind of guy. Cut your ear off. Jeff E or Jeff F says here, uh, Grant, I bet you can name four Beatles because TJ can't. Can you name the four Beatles, uh, Grant? I can't. Okay, here we go. Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr. Look at that. First and last names. <laughs> the only one I knew was I knew Lennon and I knew McCartney, and I could not name the other two. You did not know. You did not know Lennon. You definitely didn't <laughs> no, know. I know he was when he was killed by the crazy guy. No, I knew John Lennon. I definitely did, and I knew I didn't. Ringo Starr. I probably forgot. Maybe I definitely never would have guessed George Harrison. I, you could have asked me that question today. Still would have been able to at best name three, probably two. Um, Brett W says, "TJ, you haven't seen The Godfather. Never mind Citizen Kane. I have seen Godfather." Just not Citizen Kane. And Brett, said, Brett, can I just say Citizen Kane is spelled K-A-N-E. Is I'm sure <laughs> Michael Kane is spelled C-A-I-N-E. And Brett W. says, I think Grumpy may adopt Grant. We think <laughs> we're very yeah. similar. Very similar. There it is. And Nick D. said, I saw Footloose in theaters too, Grump. Okay, not the remake, the original. Nick D., I know you're not that old. Maybe he is, Grumpy. I don't think he is. I get the impression he's young. Okay, fair enough. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know the age of any of these people. That movie's old. I think it was like 1987, I think it was. That's uh, a long time ago. Uh, race uh, 33. Maybe before then. Race 3338 says, Grumpy, have you been to a Queens concert in old Nassau Coliseum? Queen, 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 not Queens. Oh, my God. Queen. Oh, come on. Get over it. I've seen Queen. It was not at Nassau Coliseum, though. Hmm. Okay. They were good. They put on a good show. Uh, Jesus Christ. I saw everybody the other day. Um, Brian J says, DJ Grump, what's up, boys? What's up, Brian? How are you? Um, and Frank said, LOL, nice caveman voice, TJ. Um, Tony Chi said, TJ somewhere, TJ out here doing some poor Native American accent, calling it a caveman voice. <laughs> and Tony Chi said, TJ, aka pale bear boy. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> Uh, I guess I didn't know it sounded like that. I was just trying to do a Neanderthal voice. Um, Drew L said, the curve, you mean the straight line. And Brett W's got a comment saying, the Blues Brothers, great movie. Uh, Brian J's got a comment for you too, Grumpy. This team should wear the Fisherman jersey next season. Would reflect current talent better. 
wait, would reflect the current talent of the team. Regular jersey can be an alternate jersey for the foreseeable future. That's not going to happen, but they should use the fisherman jersey as their alternate and always keep it that. You yeah. watch, you watch how the kids love that jersey. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I love it. I think they there should have that as fisherman jersey. Bring it back. Yeah. I actually have a fisherman jersey. There you go. I do too. I do too. I got a fisherman hat. <laughs> I do. Maybe I got a jersey too. I can. Um, it's funny. They have a site where you can get all the fisherman stuff. We have Drew wanted me to show you this because you're you do fall guys. Um, Grumpy, I, I don't know if Grumpy's going to know that. I this just go to sleep means. now. No, 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 Grumpy, <laughs> Grumpy, Grumpy, Grumpy. Don't need to worry about going to sleep. This is fall guys. Here it is, Grumpy. You should be able to get what this is. Uh oh, uh oh. Twenty-four remain, Grumpy. The veterans are <laughs> all falling to the ground, and the two young guys qualify. <laughs> But you should know what that is. That's pretty easy to understand. I've never uh, seen that. I that's like perfect. It. getting rid of the old guys, but I don't care. They only let two guys remain grumpy, and all the <laughs> old guys go bye-bye. That's exactly what I would do if I was GM. Get out. You're done. And the two young guys. I don't know if that was a complete game of chance where everybody just fell out there, but I wouldn't be too happy if I just fell out of the game. Um <laughs> And uh, and Frank says, Grant, please explain to TJ the reading on his cell phone kills his eyes, like trots to Barzal to tell him that he needs a tablet or a laptop. <laughs> please help, Grant. Uh, uh, so they don't like that I use my little phone when I do things and I'm reading through it. They think it's too small. Mm. That's how he watches the games is on his phone. And then he's trying what? to tell me. Yeah. And then he's trying to tell me. That I don't know when a guy's making a pass or something. I'm like, dude, you're watching this off your phone. <laughs> oh, good gracious! Yeah. Here, I've um, got a comment from uh, Brett W. saying, "Ha ha, coochie, coochie, coochie." <laughs> I remember, and also Frank is laughing out loud, coochie, coochie. Oh man, um, Drill said. Also, TJ, if you don't show Grant that fall guys meme, I'm sending it to Grant on the podcast. <laughs> no, we got it. I got it. Thank you for reminding me though, because I would have forgotten. Thank you. Um, Tony Chi says. Does Grant know about who D.B. Cooper is? Grant, who is D.B. Cooper? Oh, my God. This is one that I don't know. One that I don't know. If you're reading that, how would you read that? If you just saw a comment about D.B. Cooper, you say defensive back Cooper. Would you say um, donkey? I don't know. D.B. Cooper. How would you read that? I've I have no idea what DB I I guess defensive back Cooper but I, yeah! I have no idea. Okay. That's what I'm talking right. about. Right. That's All the right. only DB right. I know. Maybe I led him. Maybe I led him yeah, to that. Maybe end. you led him. Maybe you led him. <laughs> maybe. Okay, I gave you a little history lesson here, Grant. Okay. TJ, it's a, little, it's a little callback reference here to the show. You know, TJ. Yeah, TJ likes to. He think he thought DB stood for defensive back. D.B. Cooper was a guy who hijacked a plane, and his name was D.G. Cooper, D.B. Cooper. And uh, he wound up jumping out in somewhere in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, and they never found him or the money. His name was D.B. Cooper. And By TJ, Yeah, and T.J. just thought, well, that's defensive back Cooper. He had no <laughs> okay. idea who D.B. Cooper was, and he said defensive back Cooper, and he's obviously never lived it down. <laughs> it's one of those that still stands there's stands. a new there's a new netflix limited series which tells you about db cooper mm. yeah i oh, remember man. hearing about that but i never knew D that was db cooper it was before your time but it was for tj's too but he tried to he was going to get smart you know he's smart yeah. defensive <gasps> back cooper 
defensive back Cooper. I was trying to pull up the old clip that Tony Cheese had sent me, but it disappeared. Damn it. Oh, when I went, well, yeah, it was bad. Uh, George Harrison had a real bad headache. I think he died of brain cancer. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tony Cheese. Okay. Well, <laughs> almighty. Uh, Savage tonight. I feel like uh, on ONA radio. Uh, Nick D said, uh, Grump, I saw Footloose in 1984. I also saw Beverly Hills Cop. I'm an old man, but still a junior to the curve. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. That's the movie that made Eddie Murphy. That was the one. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, and Brett W says here, um, the kids don't understand how bad those fishermen jerseys were. But Mario lets us know the fishermen didn't make those teams bad. It was only like two years the fisherman jersey existed. I remember blew it off for the face of the earth. I remember Bill Clement. It was during the playoffs. The Islanders were bad, didn't make the playoffs. And they made the Islander jersey announcement back in whatever, 1990, whatever it was. And uh, Bill Clement says, oh, look at these unis. They're great. They're brand new. Everyone's going to love these new unis. And man, the fans hated them. They just hated them. Where I didn't hate them. I, like I still them. don't hate them. Mm -hmm. Now, I like the old classic uniforms. That Lou, that useless dog, he doesn't realize the third jerseys are just there to make money. Nothing mm -hmm. else. And he rolls out. Uh, they went back into the old storage room. Hey, we got some of these jerseys from 93, the, you know, the old dark blue. Let's just make that our new jersey. I'm like, come on. off-color blue Islanders jersey. Yeah. That's You're the there to sell the jerseys, brother. Just do, give them the fisherman. People want it. The kids mm -hmm. will eat it up. The kids do eat it up. Um, Nick D said, the fisherman jersey should be streamlined. Get away from the wavy lines uh, from the original, though. That's fine. And JT, JT uh, Sanigate says here, what's your opinion on Drury versus... Lamarillo. Holy shit, if I could read tonight. Right now, I'd probably take Drury, but I mean, he hasn't proved anything yet. No. I'd say a lot of his moves have left me questioning more than <laughs> than anything else, but Lamarillo has done a lot of boneheaded moves. So, uh, you know, I, I think you're kind of picking towards the middle of the bottom of the barrel there. Um, Jarrell said, mean game, over 9,000. Uh, Nick D said, Grant, it's defensive back Cooper, <laughs> of course. Uh, Mr. B said, thanks for the book ending our Saturday night shiny hockey. Shinny. Shinny hockey. What is that, Grumpy? I don't know, but I know how to read the word. Okay. I thought you meant shiny. <laughs> anyway. Drill says, shiny. Grant, uh, TJ also called Brad Braid one time. Oh, yeah. Braid. Oh, yeah. Braid yeah. What was worth that? Or defensive back Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Who was what's worse, defensive back Hooper or Braid? Matthew S. <laughs> finally out of Facebook jail. What's up, Matthew S.? He's back on the loose. Watch out. He's going to be a repeat offender. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would buy the Fisherman jersey 110%. Absolutely. But, guys, we're here at the end of the show today. Um, number one, I want to say thank you, Grant, for coming on today. Um, thanks for taking the time out of your Saturday, as always. Thank you for the fans for listening. And thank you again, always grumpy, but, but Grant, I know we've got your links in description below, but I want you to kind of just go over again, what you do on your YouTube channel. And again, you can find them in the links in the description below, but what do you do on your YouTube channel? Why should people follow you? Yeah. So on my YouTube channel, I do live watch alongs for like NHL games or even hockey games too. Like the world juniors are coming up. So I might do a live watch along for one of those games. Um, I also do gaming. Like we mentioned before I do Fall Guys. I have. I actually have an NHL 22 
New York Islanders franchise mode series that I'm doing where I'm basically like the GM and I kind of architect the team in the way that I want it to and play yeah. the video game that way. Uh, that's been lots of fun. I've done Grand Theft Auto a few times. That's pretty cool. I've done a couple reaction videos to like stupid videos online that are fun to do. He's a he's a um, soccer fan too. The Seattle Sounders. Yeah, Grant does Sounders, it all. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's all my live watch alongs. I did the Rangers Hurricane series a bit. Um, but yeah, at my channel, it's just a place where like all of us can just come hang out, have a good time, chat with each other, interact. And uh, yeah, my goal is just to bring as much people together and unite unite people because I think there's just so so much division in the world. I just want to like help unite people and hang out with people yeah look at that look at that i like it it's definitely worth going it's definitely you gotta gotta check it out i liked watching his island coverage if we're not covering a game and i and i've got a game to watch i always pop on grant i, I pop in to say hello um <laughs> definitely worth watching there absolutely um make sure you check out his channel you could find it in the link in the description below or you could just search grant hakeem on youtube and you're going to find the channel that way also um but Grumpy, I know there's something you always like to say before we wrap things yeah, up. Yeah, well, I just want to say, you know, for Grant, you heard a triple G, right? Um, Granati Golupkin? Yeah. Fighter? Fighter. Well, uh, this is uh, Q to the, this is G to the fourth. Grant, the galloping golden gopher, right there. <laughs> he's ready to go. So he's G to the fourth power. But I, what I'd like to say is love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't, from TJ, the grumpy old man, and I'm going to throw in Grant, too. Oh, hold on a second uh -oh. um, before we close it up. That's right. I forgot Tony Shees has a channel he's doing the clips on for us. So he put it on that channel. Let me see if I can get that pulled mm. up. Give me a second. Uh, Dan L saying, great show, gents. Love the Islanders' passion in early August. Thanks, Dan. Look at the baby, Grumpy. He I love that knows. baby. That baby, he's an Islander fan. He's like, uh, look at that. His head is down. He's defeated. <laughs> said, I already subbed two hours ago, Grant. I'll be watching later. Awesome. Taking a walk out there. Um, David S saying good night all and thank you, Grant. Matthew S says a good show, guys. There's only able to watch, but not comment to the last two shows uh till a few minutes ago. He finally got a Facebook jail. I love that. Why would you right. Facebook jail? Uh, who the heck knows? Facebook is one of those weird places. Frank also reminds everybody that's right, leave a thumbs up. You press a little thumbs up. Apparently, that helps the algorithm. You got to make sure you leave a little thumbs up. Hold on a second, Grumpy. I have got to find this DB Cooper because I think there's no better way to end the show. Here we go. I got to make sure we're subscribed. Oh, my God. There's a few of these. Oh, my God. There's these are the ones that we need to be putting out. People will watch those. Like, no, no, no. no. He can't put out. Grant got more views on that thing than we ever got on any <laughs> of our shows. Hold on a second. Here we go. Hold on. We've got to go ahead and pump this up. Look at this, Grumpy. I, I forgot. I Okay, Grumpy. Maybe yeah, I dropped the ball. Aren't you times. working with Drew on these things? Drew and Tony Cheese. Okay, so why 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 are they not running them? I just subscribed. There's also the Islanders Never Say Die and TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Clips channel mm. over here, and we've got a few of them. Ken Aaron. Oh my God. Oh man, I'll have to look and actually watch these. Oh good. Dude, why are we not benefiting off of these shows by putting them on our channel? I know we've <laughs> got to show these. We got to show these. No, Grumpy, he's just taking care of these. It's just a separate channel that's just for the clips, so it's easy on that way. I'm not going to allow somebody else to have access to the channel, like login or everything like that. So it's All easy. Right. He's able to do this. Well, uh, we got to start pumping up this thing too, then, right? There it is, Grumpy. Where's DB Cooper? There it is. I think this is it. Hold on a second. Oh my goodness, Tony Cheese has got. Hold on, let me.
hold on now that was the the introduction here's the actual db cooper clip everybody tony the werewolf says here uh i gotta tell you josh bailey is like a 21st century defensive back cooper he's stealing no 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 db cooper not defensive back cooper db cooper who's db cooper oh god (laughs) again okay there was a guy who was on a plane and he said, I want a million dollars. Oh, I know. And he had it jumping out. I saw a documentary on that. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, defensive back Cooper. That's him. <laughs> defensive back Cooper. He dropped it out like somewhere out west in Oregon or something like that, or maybe in California. He, he got a lot of reverb there. Find DB Cooper, and he never found the money. Defensive back Cooper. He's stealing millions. That's the joke. Defensive back Cooper, baby. Uh, <laughs> and that's what lives on and on. Oh, that's awesome. On the show forever. That's it. We've got we've got the clips channel, Grumpy. Thank you, Tony Cheese. I got to look at that. I'm glad he brought it up. Um, but thank you, both Grant and Grumpy Old Man, for your time this evening. Thank you, everybody who tuned in and listened. We'll be coming at you tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Saturday evening. Have a good Sunday, a productive Sunday, and get like ready. It's Sunday, for- it's here. It's Sunday morning. I hate to tell you, <laughs> not yet, Grumpy. Not yet. You got another three minutes. Um, oh, yeah. Drew said, "I don't actually run that account. I just send the clips to Tony Cheese if I make any too." There it is. There it is. We've got a clip channel, Grump. I'm excited. <laughs> I know it. Tony Cheese has sent me a few of those. Now I know that we've got it up and running. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Now to that's the- something I would watch. The clips. You're gonna going to look at the little. I clip. would. I would watch <laughs> the clips. I would. There yeah, it is. I can help out. I can help out with clips if you guys need need there any help is. with that. There yeah, it's too grumpy. We oh, well, I know Grant knows how to do it. I know <laughs> he knows how to do it. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, thank you. There and Thomas Amadeo says, "Grumpy, where are you located?" Right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you so much again, Grant, for this evening for your time, and we'll see you tomorrow, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time on. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man talking everything sports. Until then, have a great evening and have a great Sunday. Thank you again, guys. Don't you usually say something, Grumpy, always at the end? Yeah, you usually say, thank you, you say, again, Grumpy. My pleasure. And my, I say, pleasure. my pleasure. You didn't say that. Even Grant knows that. <laughs> my pleasure. Come on, Grumpy. I was waiting on it. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>